0: live now i guess so yes.
1: caller turn off your radio please
0: <laughs> let me turn this to all right so thanks for joining us tonight guys we got a we got a very spit as they used to say when all of us were young we have a very special episode tonight and i'm really i, I don't know about you but i'm pretty uh psyched about this i for years there was this podcast called Radio drone with these three guys on it and in this man's opinion it was the it's the best movie podcast that uh, that there is <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately it ended in 2020 and and uh, for various reasons uh, I think there was some federal charges or something but anyway so I've always many
1: things ended in
0: 2020 <laughs> so for uh, you know years I've been like oh I, I, what can I oh, wish I wish I could get these guys back together again I'd do anything for this and uh, the wheel started turning and I convinced uh, all three. One of them, unfortunately, is going to make it tonight. But the two print, two of the principals, Josh Hadley at 1201 Beyond and Cecil, who uh, our viewers know as Good Bad Flicks already, because he's a, a good friend of the show, and uh, we're back to they're back tonight joining us for uh, a, a little bit of a resurrection of Radio Drum, the podcast. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy it because they're much more. They're first of all, they're better looking. They're smarter and they're a hell of a lot more entertaining than the regular last movie outpost uh, live stream. So with that, we're going I'm going to I'm going to shut up. And Josh is going to take over because it's his show and he knows how to wrangle the guys. So Josh, why don't you uh, take it from there, man?
2: Well, I'm not sure if wrangling is right, because I just Cecil would take a lot of editing and post to make him sound <laughs> remotely intelligent. I have no idea. Look,
3: and to me, no wonder you're not on camera. You look like an ogre. <laughs> I look like Sid Haig on a
2: really, really bad bender.
3: No, I. you look like
2: Shrek if he was white. Oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> I like that, you know? I mean, of, the way it stands now, the police would probably
0: shoot Shrek. You know, that kind of hurt my feelings, and it wasn't even about me.
1: <laughs> I'm going to write that shit down.
2: <laughs> but uh, w- w- what it comes down to, I mean, sean you made it sound like cecil and i haven't done anything since radiodrome retrodrome ended we've been working together since it's just well well it's less less frequent it's less but i mean like literally what was it cecil a week ago we just recorded a commentary track for a movie so we're still doing stuff well i I mean to be fair it's been a
0: while you know i'm trying to i'm trying to sum it up for our our little brain listeners here so you know give me a Come on, man. Uh, All
2: right. Well, then, if if I'm taking the reins, we kind of have two topics for tonight that are completely separate from one another, really. But I know that people will agree with certain things you two I'm not sure about, although I have a feeling you're going to fall on my side on this. I just got a couple of gripes about modern Hollywood that don't actually have to do with anything with wokeism or any of that nonsense, because one of the things I can't stand, one of my gripes, are... Fred Fritz used this term, and I think it fits perfectly. The rage tubers, the people oh, like yeah, like man. like uh, uh, drunken something and Nerdologic and all these people. Oh, uh, I just call them. It's just it's simply they're just grifters. Now well, yeah, I don't
3: know. It, now I will. I, now to be fair, you know what I'll drinker? let. Yeah, I'll let. He's one who. I understand you trying to lump him in with that, but I actually think he brings up a lot of, like, legitimate
2: points. Oh, yeah, I, no, think so. I, I was going to say, I actually happen to agree with what they say. It's how they say it, and that the fact that they say it constantly. Because to game the YouTube algorithm, they have to put out three videos a day with a minimum of ten minutes. So it's every day they're out looking for something to get mad about that's my problem if you just talk about oh okay the little mermaid it's gone woke there blah 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 and then you leave it at that but it's every day we have a new update on the woke little mermaid we have a new update on lord of the rings going woke it's like oh my fucking god just let it go and, I and again will. i agree with their points it's how badly they make them that i have a problem with but you yourself said that
3: they do it to game the algorithm. And unfortunately, uh, that is some, that's a game that some people have to play. Now, I, as far as I know, I don't think that Critical Drinker does that because uh, his videos usually
0: you like fairly long. Like I've seen- He's got a secondary channel, though, I think he and, and I'm not accusing him of it. But I think he's, he does have a secondary channel and I think he does post
2: to it. A little bit more what there are every night for like three or four hours on it. And it's like, okay, uh. okay. I mean,
3: but that's different. That's live streaming. I stream. I just streamed for 12 hours on Twitch on Sunday. You know, are you going to I mean, it's it's a that's a different animal altogether. So I think that you're getting I understand your anger uh, because I've known you for a very long time and you're very angry. But I think in this I'll kill case, you for saying that. I know you motherfucker. <laughs> um, I,
2: I, can out, I can outrun you. Oh, uh,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Well, well, considering that my heart is about to die and I'm gonna probably my heart's going, yeah, you absolutely <laughs> could. I said, so so wait, I think you I think your
3: anger is misplaced. I understand uh, I think that you need like I, I know there are people. That do that. There's one guy whose name escapes me, but he he basically just re he'll go to a, a news article and. And he'll read whatever is going on and then just complain about it and drag it out to like a 10 minute segment. He'll do that three times a day. And he's got over a million subscribers, which really irritates people like me who spend tons of time researching, working, calling, getting, you know, the the story together to put together what I consider a really interesting video. And then it gets buried in the algorithm simply because I'm not cranking out enough content. So I think that there are people that do like what I I shouldn't say. I think I know that there are people that do what you're claiming. But I think in this case, uh, at least at least the drinker, I don't think that you're you're aiming your your anger at the right person. There are like there are plenty of other grifters out there uh, that do that play the game that uh, just make garbage and make a killing at making garbage. And just being angry. Like my- if there wasn't like if, if there wasn't a shit movie coming out like or a, a shit product coming out on a regular basis, they probably would be out of business.
2: Yeah.
1: And well, well, at least the, <laughs> at least the, the, the movie stuff moves on because a new release comes out. You know, if you're on any of the political tube stuff, it's like every damn day. Another Bud Light story. It's like I get it. It's been going for two months. I get it. I get mm. it. It, it's that never it, stops. they yeah, never
2: never stop. a lot of that, but but there's also, no, this is related to that. No, I don't. I tend not to watch these, but I'm constantly getting people sending me this nonsense. And Cecil, I'm sure you do too. Where. Uh, a, a trailer will drop for Marvel or, you know, the Flash movie or something. Here's the 10 Easter eggs you missed. I oh, yeah, suck. And first of all, these things age so poorly because probably 95% of the time, it was not what they claimed in the, you know, oh, th- this could mean that the Hulk is going to have a cameo. Do you see that green face in the back? Oh my God, will you fuck off already? I hate. And these people got, you know, 5.5 million subscribers. Their videos get a million views apiece. And I can't imagine how much money these grifters are making. Well, and and I've said this to his face. So, well, Cecil actually puts effort into his videos and gets a fraction of that. It it makes me pissed off. It really does. Oh, I got, I got one for you. Uh, this is a, a – I put – uh, a video out
3: uh, two weeks ago. I did a video on um, a movie called Streetwalking. It was a Corman film from the uh, the 85. <laughs> good movie, uh, too. Melissa, hey. Melissa Leo. Really good. Really hey. good. a good video. I saw hey, it. It was great. Hey, excellent Thank, video. You. Yes, Thank excellent you guys. Video. Thank you so much. Um, it didn't do very well it did mediocre if i'm going to be honest uh which i was kind of sad at because i spent about roughly a month working on it um i was having massive writer's block and so i at the last minute i was like working on something else and i had to pivot and i pivoted and i did another one of the five forgotten tv shows and i basically wrote it edited it put it together in about two days, two, maybe three days. I put it up, but the thing the thing was I chose to do it on I wanted to do an experiment. Uh, I did it on uh, an action adventure TV shows and one of the shows that I purposefully picked was Acapoco Heat. and for the thumbnail, I picked uh, two of the girls from Acapoco Heat in bikinis very prominently shown
1: i was was gonna ask you about that it's like he's he's putting a lot of jingle thumbs out there lately
3: (laughs) yep it
1: it outperformed
3: the street street walking video it outperformed it in a day Oh, I am largely, <laughs> largely because of the thumbnail. Everybody was like, "Oh, I, I had to see what movie or I had to see what TV show this was." You know, wh- uh, what, what are the names of the hot girls on the thumbnail? So I'm like, "Fucking, I was, was on to you, horny. So I fell
1: for it, but I was on to you. There you
3: go, you knew. I mean, horny I watched always it
2: four wins times because of that.
3: Well, I had to be, I had to be careful with the." Um, I had to be careful with the the video for Streetwalking because it was already a sensitive topic, so I couldn't show a very More explicit thumbnail. Being beaten, exactly, you know, but I couldn't use any foul I didn't. I had to say prostitute, not hooker. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah. Cecil, the uh, just so you know, the proper nomenclature is angels with dirty wings.
3: Uh, <laughs> no, not the the. Keep the change, you
0: filthy animal. I was going to say, <laughs> what the hell's has Macaulay
1: been watching?
0: Or, or, or <laughs> uh, as an alternative, soiled doves. Uh, I,
3: I prefer ladies of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to like the 1930s with that one.
2: Yeah. But uh, all right, I, I want to shift to the next thing that I want to bitch about I don't know where Cecil's gonna fall on this, or you guys. Are, are we just? But, we're just gonna talk about a bunch of stuff that annoys you this evening <laughs> for a couple of minutes. Yes. And then welcome we'll get to, the welcome to Josh's topic therapy topic. session. Just
1: hang with us here. So,
2: I, I, I want to talk about movie runtimes because I think this shit is getting out of control. And, I, Cecil, remember when we were growing up, a movie would be. 90 minutes on average, two hours if it were a prestige film, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if a film's under three hours, people feel like they're getting ripped off. Like the, I, the Renfield movie. I have my problems with the movie. Oh, Renfield was great. What are you talking about? I was shocked in a good way that it came in at one hour and 30 oh, minutes. Oh, okay. I thought it, you were going to complain. Like, for I'm like, what are you talking about? It was, yeah, it wasn't that long. It, 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 I, okay. It didn't, f- but one of my complaints is that entire subplot with the crime lord felt like uh, it, that was padding to get to 90 minutes. It felt like if you got rid of the padding in this, the movie was going to be an hour. Because I, I, I'm a professional editor. I've edited for television. I've edited for the news. I've edited for quite a few radio and all this. It has been a long time since I've seen a movie that's two and a half plus hours. Where I actually thought to myself, yeah, this needed to be two and a half plus hours. Almost every movie I see, I say to myself, I could have cut 25 minutes out of that and not lost one second of the story. I just think runtimes have gotten out of control and I don't know how we got here. I well, weren't, don't,
1: the, weren't the run times a lot longer, or for many movies anyway, back in, I mean, like, like Ten Commandments or uh, Ben-Hur or, you know, these big movies back in the 50s? I say, bring back intermissions if you're going to make them that damn long.
3: Yeah, I uh, here's, here's my thing. Uh, I don't like Roger Ebert. I've made that abundantly clear over the years. But he does have a great quote. Uh, it is that a bad movie can never be short enough and a good movie can never be long enough so I kind of agree with the the notion of that because I have seen excellent three hour movies that fly by like nothing and I've seen 90 minute movies that feel like they're five hours that just take forever so um, I think that it all really I mean you were talking about editing I also am a professional editor Um, And it comes down to the editing. It comes down to the pacing. It comes down to if you are keeping like, I mean, there needs to be ebbs and flows in a film. You can't keep action going the entire time unless you're hardcore Henry. But um, I think that uh, for the most part you need to have that balance. You need to have the story, you need to have the action, you need to have whatever else it is. You need to do whatever it is to keep the audience engaged. And a lot of times um, you get a director who's a little bit
2: too in love with his footage and they tend to stretch the film out longer than it really needs a to be. A Tarantino or a Zack Snyder, because I'm not going to attack The Snyder <laughs> Cut of Justice League. And I'm booing there, you, there was, not Zack Snyder. There was no reason that movie yes, was, there was. Four goddamn hours long. Yes, I it was. It was brilliant. I, I had to watch that for you a You stink. I don't like you. <laughs> I had to watch it the, the day it came out. I thought the movie was getting over with, and I looked at the runtime and i said oh my god there's still two hours and 11 minutes left oh my fucking god will you just end it was brilliant and you went
3: in Lawton. you you went in knowing that you weren't going to like it so i don't know why you bothered.
2: That doesn't mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean i'm going to hate it i'm not going to go watch 50, movies i'm not going to go watch movies. 50 shades I,
3: of gray and know that i know i'm not going to like it so why am i going to watch it
2: well all right then let, let's let's go back to renfield for a moment why is Aquafina a thing? She, uh, 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 like I said, Cecil, in general, I liked all the stuff with Nick Cage and Dracula and Renfield. Every time Aquafina came on screen, <clears throat> she destroyed that movie. She be was up. so painfully unfunny and unnecessary. She literally wrecked that movie for me. And she's in like three or four movies that are coming out. This woman is not funny. I'll be
3: honest with you. Do you remember her sister in the movie? I thought they should have flipped characters, like the sister who was like the Fed. I thought she should have been the Aquafina character, and then because Aquafina was like playing it more ser. Like she was supposed to be playing a uh, like a funny character, but it was more serious, and yet like she i i loved renfield i thought it was great i did you Uh, want it i did
0: too i liked i liked it i I thought it it was on your recommendation
3: really freaking good i was surprised genuinely how good it was and i will agree she if if there is a weak spot in that entire film it is definitely her i thought that she was maybe she wasn't really the best cast she didn't ruin it for me like she did for you but I did feel that uh, like she like, especially because Nicolas Cage is having a great time. And Nicolas Nicholas halt, Cage stole that movie from Nicolas Holt and it was supposed to be Holt's movie. Uh, but but Holt was was no was no uh,
1: slouch
2: either. No, 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 like he no, was no. I, I'm not too. complaining about him. I'm just saying Nicolas Cage overshadowed him the entire film. Yeah, but it's he Nicolas Cage. He overshadowed
1: him on the poster. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
2: he did. He did. But, but the Aquafina thing also plays into the final thing I want to bitch about before the real topic, and that is quipping. We, we sort of have Joss Whedon to blame for this all the way back into the 90s. Everything is now quips and smart-ass <laughs> remarks. I mean, even Star Trek has fallen to this. Have you guys watched Strange New Worlds? Every no. character talks like they're in a Joss Whedon film. Every uh... character is constantly quipping, and it's like, Guys, that's not Star Trek. Will you stop with the quipping? And uh, James Gunn, who, you know, I generally don't like, but I, I, I can admit he's made some good, some stuff that I have liked. But one of his big things, and I don't know if this is an insecurity thing or something, he seems unable to be able to fight his own need to quit. Because there's quite a few of his movies where you get a nice emotional moment happening. Nope, got to have somebody make a, a goofy comment at the end. Got to break that emotion. Can't have a dramatic moment in a James Gunn movie. We got quips to get out.
1: Well, that and was my just, problem with Peacemaker. It went on way. The quips just because it was stretched out over ten episodes or eight. Yeah, it, whatever it was. it's like it just, there were quite a stop. few
2: emotional moments in that, but they're always undercut by some character making a goofy comment. And, yep. and that's what I hate, and I've seen this just spread through all of the movies and TV shows coming out. Everyone is a snarky smartass nowadays. God's well, been going on not
3: writing. That's been going on for a while. I think it's it's kind of a, a symptom of uh, somebody on the Iron Man chain. Out. Out. I would say the the I'd, I'd go further I'd say the Marvel film Fallout where it was like what happened was it really did start um I like I really do bl- like I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer the TV series I think it's great but it worked for that series. Yeah. And then but if you try to do that elsewhere it just it gets annoying. So I think it was in the first Avengers movie, not the uh, not the Uma Thurman one, the
0: uh... <laughs> yeah, we know <laughs> nobody thought that. See. Tom, I no, no
3: <laughs> I,
2: I'm just I'm, I'm really just, confused. I'm just making <laughs> I'm sure, sure that we're all on the same page here. <laughs> I, I, but... I just want to say, due to my age, anyone that's my age, I'm almost 50. Emma Peel was one of your first crushes. What well, you know, I'm not the only one, right?
1: I'm 52, so yes.
3: I didn't see it until way later. Um, and, and and yes, I mean she's beautiful, but she leather, wasn't being
2: tied up. Come on.
3: No, she wasn't one of my. But saying she wasn't one of my first crushes. Uh, any as some rando girl on on uh, Benny Hill was was more like I, I saw that more often. Anyway, wait a I minute, think... wait
0: a minute, wait a minute. This has to be a dress. <laughs> a random what? girl on Benny Hill was that oh, a don't joke? No, Benny no, I'm Hill just random yeah, that was a random boobies. That's the same yeah.
3: Benny Hill. Oh, okay. always, that was how like at 10 years old you saw boobies on television. Well, I, just, like,
0: I I was just making sure you were being serious about it as Public. A I'm
3: being sure. I'm being like semi. Yeah. I mean, I you yeah. know. Yeah. There you go. But uh but the thing with um with that I think like with the Avengers movie was when like Joss, you know Joss Whedon directed it and I did enjoy it. Uh but it was like there were moments where I was like eh, and I think Hollywood uh, and and Marvel and Disney took that to like the nth degree where you had that in um, all the other movies after that, where oh my god, all these people just died the world is coming to an end uh, 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 joke <laughs> and it's like I understand the need to bring some levity to cut the tension but when you're doing it constantly, it's not cutting any tension because the tension's not there anymore you know, and it's frustrating.
1: Destroyed Ragnarok with me. I like that movie for the most part because it was a nice, different take on Thor. But then at the end of it, they blew up friggin' Asgard. I mean, it's like your home world's been around for ages. They've been on it for thousands of years, well, blow it uh, up. And then they just cut it with a joke. It was like, uh, you, that was you couldn't to- let that it was, go, could
0: you? That, that was the title of the movie, though, you know? I mean it, well, y- i know
1: but that was y- it's <laughs> supposed to be serious you know well, it's just yeah. it's a taika white and it's like oh well he knows what he's doing let's do love and thunder we saw that, that turned out so no, you know no,
0: you did i doubt that they yeah, were i'm glad to do I, I,
1: I refuse i won't watch
3: his i don't i, I think he sucks because that was the thing with the for me i hated ragnarok because the entire film was huh, Thor is dumb.
2: Well, yeah, it, it it was it was almost like, oh,
1: yeah. Was now a genius genius. now compared
3: to I'm to sort of Now love and Thunder. Oh yeah, ah. yeah. And it's like, hey, let's put and then and then um, James Gunn, who I I liked, like I like Slither, I like um, uh, the what is it, Super. Dawn Super uh, is great. Dawn I like of the tra- Dead remake. Romeo and Juliet. I like Dawn of the Dead remake, which he he wrote. Um, I think that like he can do good, but uh lately, I am getting like least and least or least and least, less and less impressed with his like more current stuff. so that's why I'm really worried about like the new uh, you know whatever he's gonna do with the DC characters. But I think that um he his stuff just he, he sh- he's shoving the snark in there and I really do wonder if that's some sort of new prerequisite, with uh i mean now that he's at dc but when he was at marvel was like oh you gotta
2: gotta put jokes in there or it's to go to upset but you see Mm -hmm. it in no obviously i haven't seen these movies because they're not out yet but every new action movie trailer i watch is just joke 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 the plot is like we have to break up this prostitution ring while the soldiers are quipping back and forth at each other and it's like Oh, my God. I just I hate quipping. I'm sick of it. It needs to end in movies. I'm sick of quipping. It needs to stop. I, to, well, I would. i just like to see that. some
1: sincerity again. You know, there's no sincerity in any of these movies because they're always undercutting with a quip. So how am I supposed to take any of this seriously? You're not. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's like. Say so
3: we, we have. I mean, that's why I, I mean. No,
0: no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just curious how, what did you guys think about what we do in the shadows to Taiki's the the vampire comedy movie I I, uh, I didn't I'm, watch it I'm gonna, it. Be,
2: I'm gonna uh, I didn't like the movie my girlfriend watches the TV show so I catch parts I've never sat through a full episode of but I catch parts at her place I it thought is the was- most unfunny shit I've ever seriously I I just kind of roll my fingers over my temples now and then. like, (laughs) Oh my God, how is this show this goddamn popular? That was so unfunny. It seems like the joke is supposed to be. It's so unfunny. It circles back around to being funny by how unfunny the joke was. Cut to image of uh, Josh's girlfriend Bailey laughing
0: on the couch, slapping her knee, and then he's like rubbing his temples with like the the the, the Looney
2: Tunes red line rising from his feet to his forehead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it, well, it, and then and then you're gonna see like a vein pop, and I'll have yeah. the little cartoon Tweety birds going around <laughs> my head. <laughs> I, I gave up
1: on humanity when Avatar Two made two billion again. <laughs> I was like, I'm done.
2: Well, all right, then that'll transition into the real topic. What are some movies that everybody loves that are considered classics that you just cannot stand? That, that's what I want to actually talk about. Just movies that and it doesn't even have to be a classic in like, oh, it's the next Citizen Kane. But like that broke open wide in pop culture or that just everyone loves and you can't figure out why. Why? So since I'll give you guys a moment to think about it, I'll go into one of mine. And that's, and Cecil's about to murder me. (laughs) The Shining. I have tried to like The Shining for about four decades now. I really have tried. I, I didn't like it when I first saw it. And then... Everyone, I was reading in all the magazines how great it was, so I gave it another chance. I still didn't like it. I've seen it about 10 times now, including in the theater the year before COVID. They released it for Halloween, which, okay, no matter what you think of the movie, that's a winter movie. You don't, that's not a Halloween film. You don't release that in October. But I have tried so many times. I want to like this goddamn movie. And I can't, I fucking hate it. I despise this movie and I don't know what everyone else is loving about this goddamn film. I agree. I, I agree. Film. I agree a hundred
0: percent with your take on that, man. I've all I've like you. I've watched it. many times being like, what have I missed that everybody else sees in this? And, uh, I, gr- I just agree with what, you, what
1: do you hate about it? Josh, I mean, what, what bothers <laughs> it, you so much about it? It's boring. It's pretentious.
2: I, it, it, I don't even want to say I <laughs> thought fairly, you guys were into nope. that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah if you've ever read any of my movie reviews yeah but I just I cannot get into this film and now I've never read the novel so there are certain films like, like Christine I never really liked that movie but like I've heard either. the novels quite a bit better. Okay, fine. But I've never read the source material. The, believe one, it
0: or In my opinion, the, the movie of The Shining is a step up from the novel. In
2: my well, opinion. I did see the 1997 miniseries. And strangely enough, I didn't hate it as much, but I hated it for different reasons <laughs> because it's very different. So I, I know Cecil likes The Shining. He's booed me before on Radio Drone. <laughs> you see, but I just can someone explain to me what I'm not seeing in this film. What what is so genius about one of the most boring movies ever made? Well,
3: the, the thing is, what you need is a little thing called patience. And oh, so yes. when you, you, you
2: know, the, the guy who <laughs> loved Orson Wells movies and has network as the second greatest film ever made, I don 't know patience and films. It, no, it helps
1: don't. if you had an overbearing father too. It really get to you that oh yeah. I had, a,
2: um, I had a physically abusive, drunken father. Does that of...
1: Okay, well, maybe it hit too close to home. <laughs> That's
2: what it was. He saw too much of his, he saw too much of himself. He's like, something about this movie makes
0: me very uncomfortable, and I just can't put my finger on it.
3: I I will goof on you about it, but I mean, I can kind of understand. I I like my my brother in law. Uh, he doesn't like it but the reason why he doesn't like it is different the reason why he doesn't like it is because it's been parodied and lampooned so much that by the time he finally saw it like he saw it in his 40s and he was like it it was like he already knew everything that was going to happen and he was actually laughing at it because uh this the simpsons treehouse of horror did the one episode in the shiny? no work and, and
0: all work yeah. and no play makes homer homer
3: something something, something.
1: something. Yeah. don't mind don't. if i do so I, I, that was I like why she opens like it. up the typewriter just says feel it fine oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is
3: a good bit and then the lightning <laughs> kicks and you see it all over the walls oh uh, i think that um i I don't know if it's genius, but I think that it's a very, very good film that uh, it's uh, it's it's got a lot of layers to it. It's very atmospheric. It's got some terrific performances. It's got some really nice unexpected moments in it. Um, Like overall, I just I do enjoy it. It's not a movie that I can watch repeatedly but it's a movie if i'm in that mood i will sit down and watch it and enjoy it so i, I, I did I really, you see the you sequel know, no i don't um,
1: i mean i like mike flanagan but i, I it I didn't don't do it know. any favors it started digging a little bit into the the lore and the ghosts and like they're almost like things that you could set we, on people it's yeah, really bad it, i don't like it's from, the like no. it. it's from the, that's from the book that's from King's I don't, I don't. Book. Well, yeah. king well the thing is king doesn't isn't that great but, not, I that know that. yeah, yeah just, i i know. think
3: that king is overrated yeah, yeah. but
2: you guys have got to remember look what the star wars extended universe has taught us the more you delve into a character's history, that makes them more interesting, right?
1: Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. What was I thinking?
2: Well, <laughs> that's what Star Wars is taught. The
3: us. the EU is really good. the The Disney EU, some of it is not so good.
2: But I mean, along um, the same lines. Uh, okay, uh, I, I'm in college. You know, I went back to college in my 40s, and so I'm with all these younger people. But he's mostly, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, back to school. <laughs> I exactly. <laughs> don't have the money without the money. money yeah, no speed dial. Without, classic. Without
3: the money, personality, uh, you know, <laughs>
2: sex appeal, <laughs> sex appeal. <laughs> I, I love, love that movie. But, but, now that is but a no kid
1: one. either, hopefully. So that maybe.
2: <laughs> uh, but my, my, my point is most of the teachers are around the same age. So in one of my audio engineering classes. We looked at, because I'm sure everybody knows that 2001 A Space Odyssey had an an orchestral score actually made for it that was not used. And so one of the things that the teacher wanted us to do was watch the movie the way it is and watch it with the unused orchestral score and which one works better. And I got into it it was a friendly argument because he was a really cool, grounded teacher I got into a huge argument with him There's about 2001 because he called it a classic, <laughs> one of the best movies ever made. I think 2001, A Space Odyssey, is one of the most boring, pretentious, up its own ass films ever made. And you just I, took, you stole my thunder because that was going to be my pick. Now I have to <laughs> think of something else. On the other hand, I think 2010, The Year We Made Contact, is absolutely
0: fabulous. I, Agreed with that, and I think Yoda agrees, too, that it's a good
1: movie. I made a, <laughs> I made a whole though. Overlook video that never got enough, that, that and that is disappointing as Cecil's uh, Streetwalkers, so, you know, <laughs> as far as like, viewers. But
2: it's like mm. 2001 is so boring, and again, just like with The Shining, I grew up reading in magazines about how amazing it was and groundbreaking, and the special effects and stuff for the time it came out were <clears> groundbreaking. <throat> <laughs> I'm not taking that away from it, but as a movie... It doesn't work at all. It, I mean, even Arthur C. Clarke, besides his pedophilia and all the other bullshit that's come out since then, even he said at the time, because the movie was, I think, two hours, 47 minutes or something like that when it was first released, he said there's about 38 minutes of story in this three-hour movie. And that's damn accurate. The whole movie is just dancing to classical music look at these special effects with classical music somehow stanley kubrick tricked is it warner brothers or paramount i can't remember which studio it was one of the studios into giving him millions of dollars to make a an overgrown student film and i just i don't get this movie i don't get the love I, for it
1: well um, i i I've acquired a love for it. It's like, you know, you have to acquire the taste because I didn't like it the first time. But every time I've watched it, I've kind of liked it more and more. And I think the thing I like most about it is because, uh, you know, Clark is an optimist and, and uh, Kubrick and is a pedophile. pessimist. Well, 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 that well that explains the space baby now, doesn't it? <laughs> so the yeah, but I saw the space baby is like oh it's a rebirth of humanity or uh humanity's just a bunch of babies and that's all they're ever going to be. You decide. I don't know. I like that. I like the you know which 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 take do you do you grab on this? Now I like 2010 because it's much more conventional and it does some really nice things too. I think it's very underrated. Yeah, but I agree. Uh,
0: it's very underrated in my opinion. I like legit like that movie a lot. 2010, that is.
1: I, I agree with yeah, uh, I, I, Josh. I, I, love, twi- I love 2010. It's <laughs> great.
0: The, the thing about The Shining and 2001 is it like it's like Cecil said. Technically, they're they are very well done. They look great. They have you know, but they just they commit the greatest sin of all to me. They bore the hell out of me.
1: Well, I like slow right. and boring. That's why I like Star Trek, the motion picture. It's the boring one. Not nearly as bad. motionless picture. Yeah. Not, not nearly it. nearly as bad
0: man. as Thin Red Line.
1: That, oh, is,
2: that is probably the most pretentious movie ever made. Yeah. That, and, and you got to remember, there's three hours that have been cut out of the Thin Red Line.
3: Oh, is that your a, pick? is that pack. your hate pick? Season? No, 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 no. Because that's not a uh,
2: that's no. Th- like Cecil and I have talked about that on Radio Drome. We that's one of the times we agreed. Thin red yeah. line fucking blows.
3: We've we've agreed. I saw that in a theater. Oh my god! I wanted to just I,
2: oh you poor bastard.
3: Oh, uh, I wanted to leave so bad. I really just I was hating every like nothing. I know some people are like. I mean. There are certain movies where people are like, oh what like Blair Witch Project, where they will be like, Oh, nothing happens. And it's like, yeah, plenty of stuff happened. You just have to watch the movie. But in Thin Red Line, literally, nothing happens. It is remember- the most empty film. It is swimming <sighs> to you know, or, or they're standing around and it's supposed to show uh, you know, the 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 downtime of war and the but and it's like, yeah, but it just doesn't translate to a good movie. And that's not my yeah. pick. I just wanted to I, I did, it. I did. I did watch up. it,
1: or I should say I watched about 15 minutes and fell asleep. I don't know if that counts, but that's about as far as I've ever gotten. With it.
0: That, that you should think like you should really think you're lucky.
3: I stars. never bothered
1: to try again. So I was yeah. like, OK, yeah,
3: don't, don't, don't. don't absolutely don't. Um, well, all right, then so,
1: Cecil,
2: right. what what would your pick be for a film that everyone but you seems to love? Well, here's a film. I, pr- I know I've mentioned it before, but not on here,
3: obviously. But uh, it's a film that is beloved. It's a film that is considered a classic. It is a film that spawned a trilogy.
2: Star Wars. The Hangover. Oh. Uh, uh, I've never <laughs> seen the sequels, but I'll agree with you on that first one. I Because I, I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't see that till yeah. video, Cecil. So... <clears throat> I I had just everybody telling me how amazing it was. And I rented it and went, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I, um, I had seen it same,
3: same thing. Like everybody's telling me that it's the funniest movie you've ever seen. And, and I'm like, okay, I started watching it. And my biggest problem was every single thing. It was set up, set up, joke, set up, set up, joke, set up, set up, joke. Hey, there's uh, a tiger in the bathroom. Hey, did you know there's a tiger in the bathroom? They Why opened the door. There oh, a there's tiger a tiger in the, in the bathroom. You know, my, uh Mike Tyson. Oh, he's going to do the thing and he punches him in the face and it just everything was terrible. Everything was so choreographed. It was not funny. I seriously didn't laugh the entire film. I have a fantastic sense of humor
2: uh i, no, love no, that. No, I, was, I have the same that, reaction but, oh yeah. you're the same Bullshit. guy that thinks repossessed is funny repossessed it is, is funny you're wrong <laughs> oh my god but what i'm saying is that
3: i thought i was I, the only one that ever saw that <laughs> <laughs>
2: i read but that I, when that first came out and i didn't laugh once uh, i laughed my ass off that movie uh, what Joe, i am I, saying I, is I, that
3: i am easy to please when it Cecil. comes to
0: humor yes say so i will tell you something Yoda is such a small wit that he does not like Caddyshack Two. He does not think that's funny.
2: Caddyshack Two isn't funny. 2 is a goddamn abomination of, of mankind, dude. It I, is a I
3: masterpiece. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an abomination. Like there are, it's not a
1: good movie, especially. No, abomination can... is a is a perfectly acceptable description. I
3: think. Okay. Okay. All right. What is it, Mrs. Gunderson? Uh,
2: Miss, like, Mrs. Esther House
3: Mrs. Esther House, how much cocaine was Dan on? I mean, come on dude.
2: Not enough I, <laughs> I, 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 I'll give Candy Shack to this It's funnier than Elf
1: Oh, you just picked mine.
2: <laughs> uh, that, was that going to be your pick? Because I just, yes, fuck,
1: I despise Elf. It's like did. a Christmas perennial classic now, and I fucking hate that movie. Uh, the only one I hate more than that to... one is Step Brothers, which for some reason uh, was really popular too. I hated both those fucking movies. Or Bridesmaids. It's like
2: uh. Uh, the simple minded are the ones who go to the box office, apparently.
1: Well, that's I mean, why that's, Avatar Two made two point seven billion worldwide. That's always that's always kind of been the way. I mean, it's
3: like as much as I get angry when a producer is like, "Audiences are stupid," and then you see a really <laughs> terrible right.
2: movie come out and it makes a billion dollars, and you're like,
3: "Oh God damn it!"
2: Like, mm. I, I mean, I, I remember. Because I think we talked about this when the when the movie came out. The reason that Oscar winning and one of the greatest movies of the 2010s, Mad Max Fury Road came out, it was destroyed at the box office by that, that like acapella movie sequel. Oh, what? Pitch, Pitch Perfect? Perfect. Pitch, yeah, Pitch Perfect 2. Destroyed.
1: Fury Outback Road
2: Fury Road at the, at the box office wow. and it's just like uh, I, I remember when I went to go see Traffic the Steven Soderbergh movie in the in the theater in 2000 2001 whatever year that was the line was around the block and we thought okay this is a big hit <laughs> they were all in line for Save the Last Dance <laughs> Oh, There my were God. like a dozen people in traffic, save the last dance, sold out, and they had to put a sign on the door that this showing has, has sold out. And I just come went, on. oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Come on, Josh. Julia Stiles at the height of her powers? I mean, come on.
2: Actually, isn't she in traffic as well? Isn't she is the she daughter? She, she well, is in traffic. You're right. Yeah, she's the daughter in traffic. Like,
1: all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. She's in traffic as well oh let me go well, see the new julia styles movie and then they had the last dance go what the fuck is this they wanted to
3: see they watched uh what it was was it wasn't that a, traffic wasn't a success everybody was going to see save the last dance to see what happened to her and then they would see traffic what happened to her after she did drugs
2: yeah, yeah. fucking junkie whore in traffic yeah
1: That's what that movie
2: did to her. (laughs) But but the the point is, look at what Pitch Perfect 2 versus Fury Road was. Fury Road was, I'm not just saying because they're different genres. I'd say objectively, the better film. You can like both movies. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But objectively, which one of these films is going to be remembered a decade from now? Pitch Perfect 2 or Mad Max Fury Road?
1: Well, right now, people still talk about Mad Max Fury Road. I haven't heard anybody talk about Pitch Perfect series in God knows how long.
0: I forgot they even existed until he yeah. brought the- My girlfriend so
3: occasionally like the- loved those movies. But so. the, the thing is, though, in Hollywood's eyes, doesn't matter. Movies yeah. came out. They made a shit ton of money. It's all, you know, they don't they don't care about the longevity. They don't care if a bunch of fucking nerds are still talking about it a decade later. I mean, they do if they could figure out a way to market and sell them the movie again and again and again. But for the most part, they only really care about those first two weeks at the box office. If the movie uh, opens at number one and makes a killing, well, then they'll green light a sequel or they'll figure out a way to make a sequel. And they don't. I mean, look at all the terrible Disney movies that come out, make a ton of money, and then disappear. You know, who talks about the Lion King remake? Who talks about the Aladdin remake? Who talks about the Beauty and the Beast remake? They all made over a billion dollars. So they're just going to keep doing that. They're doing it with the the Little Mermaid, and this might be the first one that doesn't make a billion dollars. But they're going to keep plugging along doing it, whether or not people want them or or whether or not the general consensus of people want them because at the end of the day there's a 90% chance that they're going to make a shit ton of money.
2: Well, I I, want to ask then, pivoting off that I want to ask a question why do so many dumb movies make people feel smart? Because there are certain movies where you look at it and the only way you can describe it is This is the kind of movie a dumb person thinks is a smart movie. Like, this came up recently on Joe Bob's thing, The Freaking Babadook. I despise this film, but I see treatise after treatise about all the subtext, and it really means this, and and this, and this, and you missed this, and this was double subtext, and it's like, no, it's not. This is just a fucking bad movie. Well, even the director... Even the director came
3: out and was like, "No, you're you, no, you're all wrong. Like this isn't the way." I, so I don't particularly blame the director for the fact that people are reading too much into this. I didn't like the Babadook because I I know the kid is supposed to. You're not you're not supposed to hate the kid, but I hated. The but kid. you do. I hated the kid. I wanted. I was rooting for the monster to eat him. Cecil is certainly not Arthur C.
2: Clarke. No, I certainly am not. (laughs) In that case, Arthur C. Clarke wanted to eat the kid. (laughs) Hey-oh. But, I mean, like, it even goes to, and here's where Cecil and I are about to get into a duel, something like Scream. Now, let's leave all the sequels and everything out. Just like when Scream came out in, was it 96 or 98? Yeah. Six. 96. 96 no it was later than that that's not it it was, nine, it was 96. 96 no i knew it was mid to late 90s now i don't like that movie but i think people keep reading into oh there's all this subtext and they're and they're and they're commenting on all this and i'm like this is a movie that is stupid it's a stupid movie that requires the characters to be stupid for it to work but Part of the joke is the characters in slasher movies is always stupid, so the writing isn't stupid. It's stupid because it needs to be stupid to comment on the stupid. No. The, The screen movies, I hate these films and the fact that it's a franchise, a TV show oh my god i hate hearing how smart the scream movies are okay two two
3: things now i'm not going to attack you i'm just going to say two things about scream uh, and we're because we're just focusing on you know you just wanted to focus on the original (coughs) but then you went off and talked about the sequels but the original i think for what it was uh it was a very clever lampooning of the slasher genre i think it was wes craven really just having some fun with the genre that the slasher genre that he really helped to foster and to to work on and he kind of wanted to do that it was sure there was a little bit of uh, catharsis in there where uh, he was poking fun at, at tropes and stuff that he had done uh so i just think that it was it was a neat little film however there was a film that came out a little before this called there's nothing out there. That was a sci-fi film that is vastly superior. That was really the first movie that broke the fourth wall as far as, uh, addressing all of these horror movie cliches. And I, I don't know if Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven saw that and decided to do that for scream because they are two different movies, but, there's nothing out there you get a lot more uh genuine humor and it does smartly play with a lot of things b- with the way that they break the fourth wall i mean for one there's a part in the movie where the bad guy is or the good guy is is trapped in a corner and there's a monster coming and he can't get away from it and he looks and he sees the boom mic is in frame, so he grabs a hold of the boom arm and <laughs> swings
2: out of the way to get away from the monster. But it was, that's, so I'm gonna, that's great, you know. But didn't Splatter? I think it was Splatter University. Did that all the way back in the '80s? Yeah, that's in like 1981. It's it's not like this was new. And and scream. Oh, they were doing that stuff in airplane. I, I, and, uh, I, I, I well, no, no, no. Like,
3: I mean, satirical stuff and and lampooning is one thing, but the way that they they did this to uh, to to the the specific genre had. I mean, yes, we had. Return to Horror High was like that. No, I know, but it, it's the
0: way that it was done. I,
3: I felt was,
2: like Scream, and I'm putting this in the 1996 context. Here's the diff- Here's
0: here's the difference. Scream was played straight. The other movies are straight up you know, set like comedy slapstick satire kind of stuff. Or screen right was in a strange I, uh, way. Uh, what was the Sean, one?
3: The student bodies was
2: was. Satire, student bodies you know, is what like I was like thinking of, not Splatter University. Yeah.
3: Sorry. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say I was like didn't think Splatter University
2: Yeah, I, I, I had the wrong title. But like to me, and, and I'm I'm not looking at anything that's come after or the analysis or all this. I'm looking at in the 1996 context. I felt Scream was talking down to me. The whole movie was like you're stupid for liking slasher movies. So We're going to give you the slasher movie you deserve. I I felt like the movie was condescending to me. And then seeing interviews with Kevin Williamson didn't help that because at least at that point, his head was so elevated. He came across as a condescending fuck at that point. He really kind of came across like, I am smarter than you. And so I think.
1: I think scream in 1996 one of the first movies that played it straight but did like meta ironic meta commentary which unfortunately is in every fucking film that comes out now so I figure it has a lot to answer for
3: <laughs> yeah I, I hear you on that I
0: liked it hey I liked it already
3: it I like fun. it
1: too, I like honestly
3: I I have enjoyed the series more than I ever thought I would um, I thought that like two and three were, were pretty good but like they kind of <clears> were <throat> losing a little bit and then they came back around with four and five. I haven't seen six yet, but uh, I, I think that they've managed to keep it consistent and enjoyable. And they I mean, they keep changing up the premises of why each one is made. And I give them credit for that. I've I've enjoyed them for for what they are. I've never felt like I was being talked down to. Yeah, I, I never got that, it was, that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Well, I, mean, I, th- it, it, I thought it was just it was more sharing the love of like this and uh, kind of the, a little bit of the hey, some of this is kind of dumb, you know.
2: Well, like it, like it, it comes down to a, a recent movie that's only six years old at this point. I I saw a list from. I don't remember what website it was, but it wasn't some like you know jackoff uh, weirdo horror website. And they were listing the greatest film, the greatest horror filmmakers of all time. And they've they've got on there you know James Cameron and Joe Dante and Sam Raimi and you know Steven Spielberg with Jaws and all this, and Jordan Peele for Get Out. Oh God, are you and kidding I, me? I, I have seen because today because I, I knew we were doing this. I looked up a bunch of lists of the 10 greatest horror films of all time. Of the 19 lists I looked at, 15 of them had get out on that list. (laughs) What am I fucking missing? This movie was painful to sit through. And Cecil, you'll appreciate that it's just the skeleton key made worse.
3: Oh, yeah. I said it, it was a combination of the skeleton key And a Twilight Zone episode. I don't remember the name of the Twilight Zone episode, but it really was. And the thing is, I uh, see I'm more annoyed at the critics that do this because um, Jordan Peele, from what I've seen, he's. He's not so far up his ass with it, where as
0: much as the critics, oh, yes, are. he is. Oh, I don't know about that, Cecil. Uh, I, I, all right, I'm I gotta saying,
3: disagree
1: with you. From what in, what I've in, seen.
3: Okay, well, I from what I've seen, and I don't watch like that much, but I've seen he doesn't, he from what I'd seen, he hadn't been there, but
2: maybe now he's he literally you know, he's Cecil, Cecil had so
3: much blown up his ass, you know. In, that,
2: in, in the first season finale of his Twilight Zone, he literally had a deep fake of Rod Serling there to tell him how great he is and that he is the next Rod Serling. Uh, And, And guess what? He wrote that episode. Oh, dear. And he going play it off. Oh, it's supposed to be fun. He really thinks he's the next goddamn Rod Serling. I can't stand Jordan Peele. Literally, just seeing his name. I was watching a trailer for some documentary about a year ago. And I, and I was like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. From executive producer Jordan Peele. Nope, I'm out. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, out. You know, it's like those trailers that say, from Hollywood visionary, Harmony Corinne nope nope
3: out oh out. god yeah that i yeah i harmony anything harmony corinne i bail
1: jordan oh. peele is m night Shyamalan with a turbocharger he is accelerating <laughs> into oblivion he, he, but but he keeps getting
2: called a genius by n- not just a few people everybody calls him a genius uh because again I'm in college, and I'm older than most of my fellow students. These are the people All. who, who, who well, yeah, <laughs> Elder, like, <laughs> older than the dean, <laughs> uh, older than the janitor. <laughs> but these are the people who thought the Eternals was the greatest movie ever made, oh, and nice. our, when not... when Nope Ooh. came out, they could not stop talking about how this is probably the greatest science fiction film that's ever existed. And I was trying to point out some actual good ones. Huh? What is that? Mm. You've never heard of Blade Runner? Blade Runner? Oh yeah. Wasn't Ryan Gosling in that? And it's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. And remember I'm in school for digital media and film. So these are the future filmmakers. The people I'm in school with are the people who, ten years from now, are going to be making the things that are on television and in movies. You know what that's you got to do, Josh. You that's know what? the scary part. You know what you got to do to stop this. I'm not doing a school shooting. Ain't <laughs> not that good.
1: No, no, just just take off and nuke the whole thing from orbit. It's the only way to be sure.
2: <laughs> well, because like, okay, so okay. The, 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 there's this old. There's this saying, I, I honestly cannot remember where I saw this, so I'm, I'm going to not attribute it, but not out of being a dick. I literally can't remember who said it. But they basically said, do you wonder why the people who were making films in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, why those films were better? Because those people grew up reading and reading classic literature, and they were brought up on plays, and they were brought up on culture. The people making movies now... We're brought up on cartoons and video games. It's, oh, it's not a
1: one-to-one. One. It's worse than that, Josh. It's way worse than that. Those people in the 50s, they grew up through World Wars, Korean Wars, uh, Cold Wars. They had all kinds of stuff going on. They were outside. They weren't glued. The people today, have you ever noticed how many? I mean, I know it was in Renfield. I know it was in a ton of these others. All these kids today, the only thing they know is therapy sessions. Every damn movie has somebody in a therapy session now, Uh, you know, because that's all they know. They don't go outside. They don't get out of their phones. They take God knows how many pills. And you're right. They don't read. Yeah, they only that you see. I have never seen so many. You take a look and you start noticing it. How many times in a movie these days there'll be a scene with somebody in some sort of therapy session? Well, because that's all they know. Saying, that is that's saying, a good
3: point. Yeah, because they, they write what they know. And so they write. Oh, well, everybody has problems. That's a micro-aggression, so they write some.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know when it gets to a macro aggression. <laughs> but I mean, my point is I'm seeing these people and, and most of them are very nice people who I can actually have an intelligent conversation with at school. I'm not trying to say these are dumb people. I'm I'll saying say I'll say it no no <laughs> what, what i'm gonna say is and i love this quote from the movie to uh, uh to live and die in la so you can tick that off your card because i bring that movie up all the time is their taste is in their ass and that's the problem Th- these people have no t- literally in one of my film classes not counting the teacher of course i was the only one who knew who orson wells was that's hard I, that's I'm almost gonna... hard to believe I was the only person who knew who fucking Malcolm McLuhan was,
1: and no. Person, wow, well, that floors me.
2: You know, and and no, he's not the manager from the Sex Pistols. He's the guy that did uh, Unicron's voice in the Transformers, nineteen eighty-six.
3: Yeah, movie, oh, obviously. that
2: guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like th- these. And my, he what? killed it, Sean. <laughs> he killed it. He did. He did kill <laughs> it. Uh, a, a, a friend, a friend of mine who's the same age as me. We're literally only like a month apart. We grew up together with the same pop culture experiences. He tried to put this into a perspective and I disagree with him, but he said, yeah, uh-huh.
1: but,
2: <laughs> but, 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 he, he, he said, Josh, you were the weirdo. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he, he said, when we, he said, when we were growing up, we were renting all these bad trash movies and all that. And he's like, the rest of us would go out and get drunk. You were the one who turned on Turner Classic movies. He's trying to point out, I'm the outlier. I think he was trying to situation. tell you. I think he was trying to tell you you were a nerd. <laughs> well, yeah, so was he. But I mean,
1: ah, he, he, the French.
2: <laughs> he wasn't drunk in those, by the way. He was fucked up on sleeping pills. It's uh, a true story. But, but you know it's i know i know i know but it's still
3: i I just because you you brought up orson wells i had to play the 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 (laughs)
2: the sound drops. but but i mean but one of my points is now yes i have matured as a film viewer and a film critic that's debatable well like (laughs) i I rented all the friday the 13th movies all the time growing up on vhs or, or watched them on cable my girlfriend was only three years younger than me so she had the same basic pop culture upbringing she doesn't like slasher movies she'd never seen a friday the 13th movie before so i brought my box set over and i had not seen any of these movies since at least the 90s literally not even into the 2000s I was shocked at how fucking bad the Friday the thirteenth movies were. Wait I was really man. bored. Wait, 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 I, Let's Work. take it easy here. Let's
0: take it easy now.
1: <laughs> these oh, were easy, These yeah. were easy, easy. awful, man.
2: They were. And I don't and I'm know like, where you get that. I've from. become that guy, haven't I?
0: Yeah, you were that guy a while they ago. They were came I out
1: did. once a year. They were just pumping them out until there was diminishing returns. They're like, you know, the Police Academy movies it was but the same 1920s, bullshit.
2: In my twenties, I loved these. There's a and lot of nuance. Them as an adult,
0: I'm wait like, a minute, you God, these are so bad. Say, so you don't understand the nuance of when uh, Jason Voorhees sticks that giant slate bar through that woman's face while she's laying in the water ditch. It's a, it's a commentary on capitalism as she reaches his her credit her American Express to Jason. You just don't get it, man. You're
1: we'll out of that. touch. I will defend the Crispin Glover dance, though, to my dad.
2: Sean. There you go. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say Transformers, Fall of the Risen, or whatever that second movie <laughs> is, it, it is called. That, that, that is actually a commentary Close on enough. trans people, how they are, feel uncomfortable. Oh, now oh easy, they, to, easy, they to, easy. They have to transform into what society sees them as. And you see how you can read that bullshit into anything? Hashtag is that why that one has bare balls? Disavow. Balls. Disavow. disavow gay pr- hashtag hashtag great Gay Pride Month. Right there. You <laughs> but, but but my whole but what well, my point? Uh, is, I'd like to
3: say that I am not affiliated
2: with uh, Josh Hadley. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my point is, who it, let this guy it, on here? I don't know. It it, it kind of dismays me a little bit when I'm in school with some of these younger kids, and I hear them just going crazy over the latest Spider-Man movie or something or Doctor Strange uh, uh, Madness whatever and, 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 and I can't think of the freaking title off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I can't Close think enough. of what the title was. but
1: It's not worth uh, remembering trust me. Uh, Mar- me.
2: Marvel movie 1137 so they, they, they go off on Be- this stuff and then I'll try to show them like Six String Samurai or Mandy or a movie like uh, beyond the black rainbow or color out of space which mm. are all modern movies that i love and they want nothing to do with it.
0: Cecil, so yeah. what did you think of color out of space by the way? I've I've been meaning to ask you that for forever and keep forgetting.
3: Oh, it's it's uh, it, I like I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I just I'm sad because I want Richard Stanley to be making more movies again. And it's just, he was vindicated. Did you see that? He was, I know I followed him. Like he, he said it like right out of the gate. He's like, look, I'm not going to talk about this very much because we're, we're, uh, they were in litigation. uh, We're in litigation. I just, you know, want to say that, you know, I, this is all bullshit and this is all going to be proven. And as we've seen is everybody knows the allegation but then nobody
1: talks about,
2: you know, I, I, I mean, can you, later.
1: can you talk uh, a little bit about I'm, I'm not familiar with this
2: um, first? You, do yeah. You, you know you who can, Richard Stanley yeah. is?
0: Uh, not that familiar he, with he has very normie taste in films.
1: Sure.
2: Oh, okay i, I get he, he into a,
1: some esoteric stuff here and there i'm just not as broad as you guys are he,
2: he, he, he's a he's a south african filmmaker who made started making music videos cecil and i actually got to talk to him a couple years ago and he was, he was fantastic he was but, awesome uh he he made hardware in 1990 and 1992 he made dust
0: devil uh, and- i should point out that is a actually connected to the uh Uh, 2000 AD universe, the Judge Dredd universe. Yes, yes. Well, the movie's
2: not the original story, so it's loose, but he he made those movies, he made a bunch of music videos, he got fired or quit, depending on which story you want to believe off the terrible marlon brando island of dr moreau movie but that's that's a whole thing we don't need to get into i, I am
1: i have watched that documentary it's amazing
2: yes well yeah he, the original director he his his career kind of went into free fall after that he wrote some screenplays for movies he had nothing to do with and he came back with the color out of space and adaptation of lovecraft stories he was always a big lovecraft fan and when Cecil and i talked to him who was I think he was still prepping the movie. I know he hadn't started shooting it yet when Cecil and I interviewed him. Yeah,
3: he was he was, he didn't even really like say he was kind of funding alluded. wasn't he I like it
2: was, it was still looking for funding, I think. Yeah,
3: he like alluded to that. He was working on something. I think he even said Lovecraft related that he really wanted to do. Um, but then he, he also was talking about, you know, the ideas that he had for hard, Hardware 2, which were really awesome. Uh, he's like, but it's never going to happen. And so he kind of threw, like, let us know, like, what the ideas were, and he. Good, uh, but it still wasn't. I mean, when we talked to him, God, what 2015? I, I was going to say
2: maybe 2016, maybe 2017, 2016, 2016, it, there. It's
3: been a, it's been quite a while. Um, but
2: but, but he, he is he has a visual eye that. Okay, Yoda, you haven't seen most of his movies, but the other two, you guys can say. It's it's sort of like what if Rob Zombie, Lucio Fulci, and Dario Argento fucked behind a bar, and the and the result was a uh, a Richard Stanley movie? Would that be about accurate? Yeah, I would probably. I, I mean, I think that, you've
1: painted an, a good enough picture for me. How about that? <laughs> and, and, you know,
2: he, he he's very smart. He, he college he, he he College France. teaches you to talk like that. Yeah, he he, he lives in France and. His ex-girlfriend claimed he raped her and he would beat her and he was this abusive guy and he, he wouldn't let her leave the house and she was all shell-shocked, blah, blah, blah. Everybody abandoned him. Arrow was going to do, do a Richard Stanley box set. They canceled that. Severin stopped. They pulled all of his films from that and they even gave his residuals to a woman's shelter instead of sending them to him, which can't be legal. You know, yeah, to me, uh, they still I mean, Harvey Weinstein still gets residuals from Miramax movies, for fuck's sake. But there was all I think thought.
3: I think Feruza Balk was the only one who didn't like ditch him.
2: Yeah. Well, she, she was very behind him, even on the Dr. Moreau nonsense. Oh, yeah. She she almost left. She uh, tried. She tried to leave she you tried, know, to smuggle they, herself out of the country. Yeah. And they they dragged her back to the set. <laughs> but um but, She's but very point, loyal. I always yes. respected her. But but the point is, with Richard Stanley, everybody abandoned him. And he, he always said, these are lies, they'll be proven. Well, about a year ago, the French police found out that not only did his ex girlfriend lie about everything, they're now charging her with filing false police reports.
0: Mm, delicious.
2: So he was not only completely vindicated, but his false accuser is now going to have uh problems coming up and did severin apologize nope did arrow apologize nope there are still people out there who have no idea about the vindication i posted on facebook under severin's uh, facebook page once about now that he's been vindicated are you going to apologize so many of the comments what do you mean vindicated he's an abuser and i linked to all the stuff about the cops saying that not only is there no evidence there's Less than no evidence, and they're like, Well,
1: yeah, but you know, I uh, it's it's sickening because I mean, it's just another one of these ruined. I mean, what okay, that's great that he's got vindicated, but how, how does he get his damages back? He's certainly not going to get it from that girl, and and apparently, the rest of the well, any movie he had a deal community is going to just hide. Well, and he had a deal with Cecil, help me out here, was
2: it Spectrum that made? color out of space spectrum releasing i think um i i think i so. think it was spectrum it, it, elijah woods independent company and they had a a, a setup in color out of space they were going to do a trilogy the, the 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 black guy that was the uh the the the, the, the like Spectra, water yeah, investigator, vision a Spectre vision that's it okay yeah the black guy that was the the water investigator which is one of the few people that survives color out of space was going to be to put it in Marvel terms, the Nick Fury of an interconnected Lovecraft universe, and they set all that up in Color Out of Space. After the allegations, SpectreVision cut all ties, and his Lovecraft universe has been completely canceled. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And he said uh, in a Facebook post a couple of months ago, he can't even get someone from Spectre vision to call him back. He's he's going to wear that that scarlet letter of being a rapist and an abuser for the rest of his life. And and I'm not trying to minimize when this shit does happen. I mean, just today, Bill Cosby has new charges against him, and that, that, that one fruity boy from uh, that 70s, Danny Masterson, was just found guilty of two rapes. I so saw I'm that. Not, so I'm not trying to say it doesn't happen. I'm trying to say on the occasions where it didn't happen and it was proven to have didn't happen, there should be some recompense, shouldn't there?
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I mean. I'm not even sure about the Danny Masterson thing because he was found not guilty before. Some sort of weird mistrial. And now they no, brought him back mistrial. in. No, was a mistrial.
2: That's not the same as not guilty.
1: Not guilty. You're right. It was a mistrial. But it was like, I mean, well, I mean OG th- everybody about not no...
2: guilty and we all know he did it, so. Well, well I wasn't there? So I uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm just saying we, we're obviously in a post-truth-seeking society now. So you, what, what do you believe anymore? What do you believe? Yeah,
3: yeah. And I, I think. On, and if you want to go down this avenue uh, with AI and all that stuff, it's going to get really, really
2: scary because <clears throat> oh, it did. You're did seeing you see? stuff. Did what? You, Cecil? Did you see what happened two <laughs> weeks ago with the Pentagon bombing? And I'm putting that in heavy
1: quotes. Yes. The viral thing with the. Yeah. The,
2: yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. AI generated a photo of the Pentagon on fire. That was completely. It looked real. It was not. No, like, I didn't. Oh, I, wow, and, I didn't and, stop. And, I didn't, and, yeah. And, and the, the stock market like started. Yeah. To the crash stock market. Crashed. Wow. Major news outlets were fooled by it. And it was just some asshole going. Wouldn't this be fun to make it look like America's having another 9-11? And it It didn't even everybody for about 10 hours. Wow.
1: It looked like a real photo. Yeah, It didn't look like the Pentagon. Like there's a building behind it, but it almost looks like the White House. And and then there's a big cloud of smoke like on the corner. It, It doesn't look like the actual building is blown up. And then just somebody put a title. Pentagon got bombed and everybody went with it. It wasn't even that close to looking like the actual Pentagon got bombed. It just looked like there was a bombing with a somewhat official looking building in the background.
2: Well, I mean, I, like, and, uh, OK, I, I want to leave politic, politics out of it. But look at like that Tom Cruise deep fake from uh, even a couple of years ago. That yeah, was a couple where, of years where, ago now where, 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 where yeah. they had Tom Cruise saying really racist, sexist shit. And it didn't happen. But when you watch that initially, you're like, this looks real.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they're, it's very good. At, yeah.
3: Or, I mean, they've, they've done uh, the thing where they would take uh, somebody and put their face on like a porn star and they, and it's like, oh my, it, it, it's, the thing is, it's not completely there. Like you can kind of still tell,
2: but this is in its infancy. Well, I could so, even in, in an official capacity, I think they did a great job in the, the black and white scenes in Renfield. You know, that are supposed to be from Dracula. Yeah. They I were could great. still see a little bit around Nick Cage's face and stuff where it just, I mean, maybe because I was just, I was looking for, to see how good they did, but you could just kind of see where Nick Cage's face was placed over Bela Lugosi's. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It wasn't seamless is my point. It was really good but not seamless.
1: Well, go on oh. to YouTube and look for deepfakes. There are amateurs doing it better than the, these professionals.
2: With the Mandalorian f- and Luke Skywalker, you know, when yes. Luke Skywalker showed up at the end of season two, it looked okay. Within a week, amateurs using the footage that aired on Disney plus made a better Luke Skywalker deepfake
1: than what Lucasfilm made. Exactly that's exactly what I was thinking of I mean it's mm. like and in fact that one guy that did it he got hired by Lucasfilm yeah because they were like or by ILM good yeah teach us how to do it because obviously yeah. millions of dollars ain't getting it done
2: passion is what's getting it done
1: but but, but then again you
2: know I mean I I want jeans guy as an action figure from the Mandalorian <laughs> yes. You guys know about Gene's guy, right? Well, uh, I think
1: he's been removed. I think he was removed. removed
2: now. Cecil, you know about that, right? I,
3: you know what? I made it, I made a pledge a while ago. I said, fuck Disney. Disney gets none of my money. If it's so, okay. I have, I have well, not. They don't seen... get my
2: money either. That's where,
3: yeah, but no, 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 no. no. But you disavow, disavow,
0: disavow, disavow. You,
3: you have still, but the thing is you still watch it you still talk about it you still i don't give them any of my time or my money so dis i don't talk like anything past a certain point so i have not seen the mandalorian i do not i have not seen the han solo movie or anything i think the last star wars disney related thing that i watched was uh the 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 Han Solo movie. I was oh Andor. No, and I no, haven't no. seen And. I haven't seen Andor, but Han Solo. The Han Solo uh, Star Wars story was the last
0: Star Wars related. What about? Have you seen Hung Solo though? <laughs> well, I saw that back in the 70s. So.
2: But, okay, just so, so you understand, the Mandalorian is incredibly expensive. It's a Disney. Oh, I know. Film. I have and, a friend of mine that worked on it, and he's mad at me that I haven't watched it. Well, but. Uh, They let a mistake slip through that fans caught immediately. And I'm not talking some like, you know, oh, you screwed up the lore. There was a crew member wearing jeans standing in the background (laughs) of a battle scene that was clearly they thought was out of frame that aired. And then they when when it started trending on Twitter with that screenshot. They went and digitally removed jeans guy is what he was called. Yo, to back me up, that really happened. Yeah, no, yeah. He he
1: had he had just come from the uh, Game of Thrones set after leaving Starbucks, cups, Starbucks
2: cups around. Yeah, I was just gonna I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say
1: that the Game of Thrones where they had the Starbucks coffee on. I think no, the no yeah, he was. He was, they, they, where was I, I'd seen bottle. him, I'd seen him in the original, and then when the the brouhaha w- went crazy, and then he mysteriously vanished. Yeah,
2: poor jeans guy, just not getting. The yeah, no, I, I looked
3: it up. They digitally removed him. So
2: that, all I can
0: think about is the name of that, like crazy porno name from that, that horror. What, what what was the name of that title, Josh? It's like, Oh man. The,
2: the, the, the one Cecil and I talked about where I got the DVD in the mail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, randomly, yeah. That yeah. was, Hung Wankenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that on the show. Because, I forgot about that, yeah. Because I, 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 I don't remember why I'd gotten like a big lot of DVDs. <laughs> and like one of them was a, a hardcore named Hung Wankenstein. It was like, I would have ran. I would have ran a
3: black light over that before I touched it. <laughs> you know? Someone light up like Christmas.
2: That's the, that is the greatest title ever was. <laughs> I, I, I always find it funny, totally off topic. But if you're a magazine collector like me, you buy back issues of old magazines and stuff. And sometimes like, you know, you buy an old Fangoria, there'll be all the list of new releases and you'll see somebody circled stuff in pen. And it's like, oh, OK, you know, that's the stuff they were going to go see this summer or whatnot. Sometimes if you buy an old hustler, no, the pages aren't sticking together, but you do see certain like ads in the porno video circled, and you're like, oh, I know what they bought from Mail Order back in 97 or whatever.
3: I look at the old Fangorias and I always like lament, oh my god, I could have had an alien face hugger for like $20. Oh,
2: the <laughs> prices just kill you when you see the like god it, it, well and then if you go and look it up on ebay you're like oh that thing was 29.99 and back in 1983 i thought that was expensive and then you look on ebay oh yeah, it's like that's a thousand, thousand bucks now yeah. you, you yeah. got yeah, you you I should know. have bought that in
1: 1983. No, speaking but of, I had to buy sea monkeys. Ugh. Speaking, <laughs> speaking my, <of> th- <laughs> I
2: didn't have a checkbook when I was eight, and my mom wouldn't, you know, <laughs> write a check for it.
0: Speaking of things from that time period that I always wanted, and I've re- and I look all the time on eBay. Do you remember those like inflatable Godzillas that you would see in stores and stuff? Yeah, uh, dude, I like. I've wanted one of those when I was a kid so bad, and now they're like when you see them on eBay,
2: they're like. You would like, absolutely have sex with an inflatable Godzilla. Admit it. <laughs> Probably. Why well, that, I mean, that Godzilla? You that but, Godzilla I mean, it, will, will love you
0: like be- no
3: other green monster could.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's better than 50-50 chance, you know. Well, and, and w- when it comes to Sean, he'd be the bitch in the situation too, dude. It's Godzilla. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> oh
1: he yeah, is Japanese. So everybody long, love you a long is, time. Listen, everybody's job- right. all- pixelated. Everybody's Listen.
0: a bottom to Godzilla. <laughs> Listen, Josh acting like he'd fucking be the dom in the Godzilla human
2: relationship. <laughs> Matt, yes. No, I, I've said this on Radiodrome, so I will say it again. I'm not gay, but if Michael Ironside propositions <laughs> me, I
1: wouldn't say no. Okay? It's Have you Michael seen him Ironside, lately? You okay? might. <laughs> he looks, you I don't, seen, <laughs> it's still He's Michael not aged Ironside. well.
2: It's still yeah. Michael Ironside. Yeah. Okay. Michael, Michael, Michael Mark, Cello Mark, side, but Mark, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a uh, – well, he recently had
0: uh, cancer or something there, didn't he? When he recovered He beat from... cancer twice. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I, I,
3: oh, I. that's
2: uh, – that, that but probably but punched it he too. So, right as, right. What, as what Yoda said, Talked he's down not to looking it. so good. I think he might be cancer-ridden again, I, I, I think. Oh, God. Un- mm. Unfortunately, he's – because, like, you, so- you saw him in that uh, – uh, what was that John Wick? Uh, nobody. Uh, John Wick knockoff. The John, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Does yeah. They, like wear like an, a,
3: If he's got cancer, three was oh, he wear like an asbestos coat or something? Like what the
1: <laughs> hell? Why is he getting cancer so much? He still looked 80. okay back in Laser Kid. He didn't. He, he,
2: Laser Kid, Turbo Kid, Turbo Turbo Kid. Kid.
1: Yeah. Laser Kid. Oh, Turbo oh my god! Oh my god! You just
0: embarrassed me in front of my friends, Yoda.
1: <laughs> oh, come on, Sean. You've done far enough you embarrassment on your own. You didn't need me. Turbo, you no. got
2: Turbo Kid wrong, though? Oh, my God. I, I messed up the Turbo title. Kid. I loved Turbo Kid, and I know Cecil did too. Yeah. I am, loved I, it. The, am I the only one that ever saw the short film prequel about Apple dude, and, dude, and no, how, she, no, Josh, how she got the dead Josh, body on her back and stuff? Josh, Josh I'm literally, yes, the, I did, I'm only literally the guy that sent you that video. I, okay, had... I, can't, I can't remember how I saw it, but I was like, <laughs> Well, because here was my thing with Turbo Kid. I was dreading it at first because Apple was so annoying at first. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God. it's But gonna you be fall one in love these. with her. Yes. And that's the point. You fall. Right. She's the heart of that movie. But in the first five minutes, you start going, oh, God, we're going to follow her, aren't we? So I was dreading it at first. But then, yeah, she's the heart of that film is Apple.
0: Yeah yeah she's she's
3: like so freaking good like have you go ahead no no go ahead cecil no i was just gonna say she's just like outstanding with how good she is in that
0: role absolutely have have you guys seen uh, the kid detective
2: no i've heard it's pretty bad i have not no oh no 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 no. i heard it was i heard it was good it's amazing it's
1: It's amazing it's great mom was it, sean on that one he introduced me to that and it's um it's gotta be one of the darkest endings i've ever seen in my life where i was still trying not to laugh i don't know how to explain it's, it but it's like right well, See, so you I, I, gotta watch to, you gotta
0: watch it Cecil, mm-hmm. as soon as possible i'm telling you man
2: I, I keep trying to talk people into a movie that it's from 2016 is called synchronicity it yeah, is, that it was yeah. Michael. It was Michael Ironside? Right? Yeah, Michael Ironside. He's yeah. the reason I rented it, just because uh, my my girlfriend's building lost internet for about a week while they were installing new cables and stuff, and so we w- actually went to the Family Video, still existed at this point, to Family Video, and I literally that was a blind rent, just because Michael Ironside the villain. Sure, that movie was so fucking good that I was shocked. Nobody's heard of this film. And part of the problem, I think, is the film itself. I have no idea how you would have marketed this movie, because any kind of marketing would have to give away major plot points that are supposed to be earned in the movie. It's I can see Yoda looking it up right now. <laughs> yes, so twenty sixteen, and
1: twenty sixteen, you said? Yes,
2: yeah, twenty sixteen. It's got like a it's white the, and blue cover.
1: Not the police album. No,
2: no. Um, I think
1: I
3: think shout. <laughs> ended up releasing it um i think um,
2: i i I know this doesn't sell the movie well but i picked it up from the dollar tree uh, on dvd (laughs) but it's so good and i literally can't tell you anything about it without wrecking the entire movie and i think that's part of the movie's time travel. travel Yes, there is time travel involved.
1: Okay, I I won't go in anymore. I just I'm looking at an IMDb here.
2: I literally Uh, don't know how you would have made a trailer for this without giving three quarters of the movie away in the trailer.
3: Look, there are people that paid a lot of money that they really could if they would have tried. But the problem is, is most marketing people, they just want to throw it. So they would have spoiled the entire movie.
2: And people would have went to see it and they wouldn't have enjoyed it because they would have known the whole movie. I legitimately, and remember, I'm watching this cold. I'd never seen a trailer or anything. I legitimately only figured out the ending about a minute or a minute and a half before the, the character figures out the twist ending. That's the Because I did not see it coming. And then it, you go, God damn it, that makes total sense. But you don't well, see it at the time. Well, while we're on this topic... Have have
3: you seen they look like people? No. I don't think that's another one that I I don't even think it didn't get a physical release. I mean, it came out in 2015. It didn't get a physical release until like last year because Vinegar syndrome or either vinegar syndrome or one of their subsidiaries put it out. It's basically this guy who he's suspecting that everyone around him is turning into a monster. And he he goes to like his only friend who and he tells him that we need to get ready for this impending war that like like all these people are being turned into monsters and they they need to get ready it's going to happen and it's brilliant because the whole movie you're like is he crazy is he like? And it's done so well. I watched it. Uh, it like as I watched it on streaming. Uh, because it, it went to it went direct to streaming back really before that was a thing back in 2015. Like now, you know everything goes to streaming. But back then, that was almost like the direct to video kind of thing. It was uh, like a death this, sentence. Yeah, this move this must suck if it's going direct to streaming. But it was really fantastic and it was obviously a labor of love because it's a very small film it's really, it's, it's a very confined film, most of it takes place inside this dude's apartment which uh, is two people and I thought it was absolutely fantastic and it's, nobody saw it and then thankfully, like I said, Vinegar Syndrome uh, or one of their subsidiaries put it out and so that kind of helped to uh, expand its reach and it's just such a
2: terrific movie yeah, I, it's I, a title again. Uh, they look like people.
1: They look like people. Yeah. There,
2: there, there, was another one that I just did our blind rent on. Now, unfortunately, the title does it no favors because there's like it's called Zoom, and it's like oh gee, there's like nine films called Zoom. It's uh, if you look it up, it's Zoom with Tyler LeBain. It's a British or it's a oh, I love Brazilian Brazilian Canadian co-production, which is strange, but a third of the movie is animated and it was so well done and so smart and I was like how come nobody's heard of it probably because of the fact that Bra- Brazil and Canada probably didn't get a whole lot of distribution in America and that was a blind rent from family video and I loved it
0: I think I've seen a trailer for that one you, it, I think you might have seen it to me when
2: you first yeah, watched it yeah Two of the main characters work at a sex doll factory. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, part of the plot. If you're looking it up, Zoom, Tyler Labane, because unfortunately there's a dozen movies and TV shows called Zoom. It's so currently okay, on Prime. so then watch it. Yeah. I, I, mean, I can't remember what year because I know uh, it took a while. Okay, I, I was going to say because I know it took a while to come out on disc, so that's how I saw it was on DVD. Well, well, Another one, Sorry to Bother You. I saw I, I I liked the trailers. I went and saw Sorry to Bother You in the theater, and I was blown away at how witty and smart and well done. Sorry. I mean, Tessa Thompson's in it, and she's even good in it. How often can you say that about a Tessa Thompson movie? <laughs> that she's good in this. Am I the only one that's seen Sorry to Bother You?
0: Yeah, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, one that you, both of you guys need to see is uh, "Dinner in America" too. Now that is an excellent film. Yodo back me up on that one.
1: Yeah, "Dinner in America" was. Um, it took me. It took me a little bit because I was watching it. It's like the. The the dude is just so unlikable, but he's like this real punk rock star. If you like star, he's just a but. He's just trying to start a band to work on a band. He's like the most unlikable asshole you've ever met in your life, and he meets this girl. And I realize it's
0: yeah. If you like Apple from Turbo Kid, you will love the girl in Dinner in America.
1: I, I realize I to, the movie is is a is a Beauty and the Beast is what it is. It's it, and when you when you start seeing it that way, it's amazing. And I think it's amazing I want to
2: bring way. up I want to bring up three Bill Paxton movies that nobody seems to know. Twister. Shut it's up. Term, Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, first of all, have you guys seen The Last Supper? Yes. From the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were just we were just talking about that. It's okay. been so
1: long. I don't remember much. but I know I've seen it.
2: Uh, how, how about Pass the Ammo? Yes. No. Cecil, have you seen Pass the Ammo? I have not seen Pass the Ammo. That's a good satire. And then probably the one... I You know what? I didn't even realize I owned this on DVD. I got it in a box set. But the Vagrant. I forgot how oh, goddamn oh, oh, the Vagrant yeah. was.
0: Yeah. Didn't you make a video on
2: that, Cecil?
3: No. Uh, I I did not make a video on that. I may have I. I, uh, <laughs> I'll always remember the vagrant because I was dating. Michael Ironside's the cop in that too. Oh God, I don't remember that. I just remember I was dating this girl from that worked at Blockbuster, and we rented that movie. And about halfway through the movie, we just started boning. So like,
2: <laughs> <Uh-oh>. well, <laughs> so have you
3: ever seen the ending? I know I did because I was still he, I was still he watching. Hap- he had a
0: happy ending. I was still that was watching the movie. <laughs> watch. Oh,
1: uh, classic Cecil. It's right, <laughs> like, like when you think about baseball, you know? He was trying to keep <laughs> it going for the girl. Right, right, because
3: yeah. the movie's freaking
1: weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> or, or, well, uh, I bet it's very confusing to watch now for you, though. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like when, when does the sex happen? <laughs> I bet I remember, confused. This. I remember this
2: was more enjoyable the first time I watched it. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> can't I remember at on one me, point in the gets... movie, I felt great. <laughs> yeah, people can't, can't figure out why 33 minutes in, he just gets an erection. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but like... Uh, I know um... his sex life has really gotten twisted since... Uh, that's just what I mean. Yeah, really. I had, to, I had to watch the vagrant to
3: get an erection.
2: It's so weird when... It's so weird when you see... Like, all of these were clustered together. These Bill Paxton movies were like, am I the only one that's ever seen The Dark Backward? When I try oh, to explain that movie have... to people... Well, I know you have, but I mean, well, in general... I'm,
3: that is true. I'm fucking weird, so...
2: Because anytime I try to explain The Dark Backward to somebody, they go, what the fuck? What that's was a comedy! The, what was the Bill Paxton movie where he's the... Um...
0: He's like killing demons, and his son thinks he's crazy. Yeah, no, that's.
2: I I showed that to my girlfriend, and she'd never seen it before. And she said, What's it about? And I said, I kind of can't tell you without ruining it. And she said, Okay, she loved it. But it's it's like, literally, if you even, that's another one where if you start talking about the plot, you're kind of giving away too much. I saw Frailty in the theater and was shocked at how goddamn good it was it was a
0: it's a good movie
2: even even roger ebert loved it and he even gave bill paxton who also directed that film a compliment saying no see and maybe a backhand compliment because it was the only i think bill paxton's second directing effort and he said no seasoned director would have ever made a movie this edgy and this hardcore that you need he was basically saying you need to be so inexperienced that you don't have anything left to lose to make a movie as good as *Frailty*.
0: It is good.
2: Have you seen it, Cecil?
3: No, but uh, I just I just put it on my uh, my wish list. I'm going to be watching. Don't read I
2: mean, anything about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm don't. not.
3: I, I'm just going to. Well, I, yeah. I'm just going to rent it or or. Is it streaming on? No, it's not streaming. I, I don't you? know where it's streaming because. No, I'm, I'll just get the the Blu rays eight dollars. Did you put yeah, the Did
0: you it's, put it's, Savage
3: Sisters on your uh, thing? By the way. No, I, I didn't. I got to do that. Uh, okay. But like I when am. it
2: comes to frailty, you got Powers, Booth, Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, and they're all fantastic. It, it is great. The, Top the notch. Kid act, the kid actors fucking kill it in this.
0: Mm. Highest recommendation. Okay. So, yeah. That's,
2: speaking of. Yeah.
1: Pax, did you like uh, Nightcrawler?
0: Yes, I love fucking Nightcrawler.
3: Yeah, I liked it because he was such a scum. Oh, he
2: just, yeah, he was such a worm. As much as I love Bill Paxton, it's kind of sad that he went out on the fucking Training Day TV show. Yeah. with yeah. The last thing he did. It's like, first of all, okay, maybe this will seg into another thing about maybe how I'm disconnected. I didn't even know that was a fucking show until they announced during his death that he was in the... I'm like, they made a show out of training day? Yeah. I I don't know about the rest of you guys. Maybe, you know, the fact that I'm older, but... You're not older. Yoda's at least 20 years older than you.
1: Give give or take, yeah.
2: Have you ever just... You're online or... My mom still gets TV Guide, the physical version. So if I'm, and my mom. <laughs> Do like, they really make
0: such a thing? Yes.
2: Wow. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? They still they still send out the AOL discs. So I get you know, but I like you it's know, still going. If, 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 I, if I'm using the bathroom there, you know, this will be a TV guide and I'll be looking and there's some show that's getting praised. And they're like, oh, and this is the eighth season premiere coming up. And I'm like, I've never heard of this show before right now. And it's been on for eight fucking seasons. Yeah. And there's so many shows people at my school talk about. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. This must be new. Oh, no, it's in its fourth fucking season. No, you know,
1: I, I don't. Do I keep missing all this stuff that goes on for this long. Well, is it, do you, do you watch any network TV anymore? Because I don't so I, I don't, don't see any commercials, yeah, so I never I see anything getting premiered or anything like that. Yeah, the I only don't. thing I watch
2: right now is uh Mayans just came back, Mayans MC for the final season. So I'm um, I'm watching Mayans and I think that's about it for T V shows that
0: <laughs> I, don't I watch. watch I don't watch any channel that has commercials on it. I don't, I give up. Like, I have, like, three. And you guys will laugh at me because I know, ooh, streaming. But I have, like, 30 paid cable <laughs> movie channels. You All the HBOs, all the cinema. That's, all, that's the only thing I watch are those I, I
2: did watch. Uh, I can't think of the, uh, the actual title. It's, like, Love, Sex, and Robots or something like that. Net- yeah. 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 That's a Spiritual
1: successor thing. of heavy metal.
2: Th- that's yeah. what I kept hearing. And I was like, okay, some of these are okay. It's a real mixed bag because for every – really good episode there'll be three really bad ones so i was when i watched the first two seasons i was like this is a fucking mixed bag here man there's no first first season was
1: better second season i thought was uh,
3: well that's any anthology You know, you're always kind of you're going to get
2: the hits and you're going to get the misses. But I'm talking like tonally, you know, like you can have a straight up comedy episode and then have a dark reflection on what it means to really be human. And then you can have an action adventure episode and then another straight comedy episode. You never knew what you were getting, which is why, like, I I did a write up on uh, the sci fi Tales from the Crypt spinoff nobody remembers called Perversions of Science. You I, know, remember 98. I remember that. You can watch them on YouTube right now, though. I think every one of yeah, us on YouTube. But I, I was writing an article about why it failed in 98. I mean, it only lasted 10 episodes. And it was because you never knew what you were going to get from week to week. You have you have an episode where Jeffrey Combs is basically space Hitler killing Ron Perlman. And it's all about torture pure evil. And then the next week, it's a comedic episode about robots trying to bone. And it's like you never knew what tone you were going to get. And that was a problem in the broadcast era. You needed at least to know, like, okay, like a Tales from the Crypt, you knew there'd be. It'd be relatively lighthearted most of the time. There'd be horror elements and a little bit of comedy. And
0: with perversions of science,
2: you had no idea what you were getting from week to week. Mm-hmm. And and that was a problem. You needed to have just a consistent tone. It doesn't mean you can't tell a comedy story. It means people need to know what kind of they're like the creep show series is like that with besides all the behind the scenes issues Cecil and I know about all the embezzlement and everything but if you just watch them you'll you'll have episode the, the season 2 premiere was so good I thought okay they used up all their bad in season 1 the, the, that, those two episodes that started season 2 were fucking amazing nope every other episode is cheap and stupid and it's like god damn it there's no consistency here
1: i I don't know, I think when you're doing like love, death and robots or something like that and <clears throat> it, it's it's inconsistent it's it's not like tv where you had to make an appointment and sit down and watch it and you're you're kind of get yourself set up for it it's so i think the on demand changed all that that you could do these weird tonal shifts on anthologies anyway nobody really has too much of a problem with it because you just you watch through it if you don't like it you move on to the next one or or whatever i think yeah, it, i think i like the creative freedom i just i don't know if quality wise they were all you know they were very hit and miss for me
2: i i think the only anthology show that ever pulled that off and didn't really suffer was not the 1950s 60s version, but the 85 Twilight Zone was able to do that pretty well balance the comedy episodes and the lighter hearted episodes with the deep philosophical episodes the 80s Twilight Zone is the only one I can think of that really pulled that off, because I know Tales from the Dark Side was bad about that yeah you'd have yeah. episodes where that like that little fu- cecil that little fucking monster under the bed from the tom savini episode oh yeah fucking <sighs> you'd have something like that and then the, the next commercial episode, gave me nightmares and then the next episode could be about a woman trying to lose weight where all her fruit is talking to her and and it's just like wow this is so inconsistent i don't know i kind of like that
3: i like I Yeah, I kind of like just, it too. To I just I like
2: I like
3: cuz the thing is I know that it's going to be an anthology so I know every episode is going to be different. And you're giving it to different people to do. So of course they're going to have, you know, I want to do this a little bit funny. I want to do this a little scary. I want to do this a little funny and scary. So, I don't particularly mind that they would do that. I was in, you know, every week I was watching, you know, Tales from the Dark Side, then, you know, monsters. Uh, I, I liked that it was something, uh, just, you kind of were playing roulette. You didn't know, uh, am I going to get scared this week or am I going to laugh?
1: You, you I mean, know, it's like, funny. You should mention that eighty-five one, Josh, that Twilight Zone. There's an episode I think per- perfectly kind of encapsulates what you're talking about because it was mostly played for laughs. But it was this woman. She was a housewife. She was really harried. Everybody was always after. her and She found this magic necklace. I don't remember how she got yeah, it. Yeah, and, when... and it
2: ends with the fucking apocalypse. Yes, she yeah. stopped You see this. the nuke, you see <laughs> the,
1: the <laughs> she she would say shut up and time would stop, and West she'd say Craven start talking that. and everything would go again. And then there was nuclear war and she said, shut up. And she stopped time and you can see the missile just heading in. (laughs) It's frozen up there in the sky.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They also had episodes like Dealer's Choice with uh, uh, Morgan Morgan Freeman and uh, Garrett Morris playing cards against the devil. And it's like they're they're battling for someone's soul, but it's so lighthearted and fun but it didn't feel like it was minimizing either the horror aspect or the comedy aspect. Another Wes Craven directed episode, by the way. You know, you you had stuff like that, and uh, that's why I'm thinking that's the only one that really did it. Because if you look at like Amazing Stories, they rarely had an episode that was taken seriously. Those were always super lighthearted but yeah, i mean, I mean still, one or
0: two of them was uh, i know some of them had
2: some of them had dark endings like the one
3: with uh, the guy who was lowering uh stuff into the the mine and was, david, getting, like, the, 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 gold. That, was that was
2: david caradine i still get choked up thinking about it but the, uh... <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> yeah that, that was david caradine at the end um what? but like okay think about it like this cecil i know you Mm -hmm. watched friday the 13th the series yeah and that had a pretty consistent tone would it not have really thrown you off if they did a fucking slapstick episode all of a sudden wouldn't you be like wow this just doesn't fit i would have probably
3: thought that uh it was relevant in some way uh, uh you know to the item that they were chasing and it might it would have made me just think all right well this is the direction they're going this week they want to do something a little more
0: goofy
1: i don't know i I think it's okay in an anthology that you have different tonal episodes i think what twilight zone was able to do in 85 is they mix the tones within the episode that was i I think probably
2: probably the worst offender although this created a fucking amazing episode I think it was the second thing or third thing Steven Spielberg ever directed. There was a show back in the late 60s called Name of the Game, where it was a rotating anthology show of the same three characters. So it was three connected characters, and one week you'd be on Robert Stack's character, then the next week it would be on a different character, and then on a third, and then back to Robert Stack's and and stuff like that. The episodes were all 90 minutes long, and they were set in the real world. They were crime stories or journalism stories, stuff like that. The characters worked at a a magazine. Then you have the episode L.A. 2017. Look it up, Yoda. And all of a sudden, one of the characters gets into a car accident, wakes up in 2017 in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It's a beautiful gorgeous episode and at the end it turns out it was all just he'd hit his head and it was a dream. I had that kind of ending so I can't so bad. imagine what people watching Name of the Game at that time thought, why did it just go science fiction? This show never had anything to do with sci-fi before. What the hell just happened? And then every other episode is back to the real world. And that episode is a fantastic 90 minute episode, but it doesn't fit LA 20 or uh, name of the game at all. So that's kind of what I'm talking about when you just come out of nowhere and 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 change genre like I think, but but horror and comedy
0: seems to be so intertwined in a lot of ways that you can get away with it, like you can't do that with some science fit, you know what I mean? Like, horror and comedy, they're they're it's a very natural. Pairing,
3: evil I'm dead 2
1: showed the way
0: yeah
1: well, i, mean, I like-
3: do think it's funny i did the video way back when on um the lost boys and when he was presenting it to the studio he was presenting it as a horror comedy and the executives were like well wait a minute is this a horror or is this a comedy and he says yes and <laughs> they could not gr- they couldn't wrap their brain around the fact that that the movie meant to have comedic elements within a horror film, and they fought uh, Schumacher the entire way over it until he put it out, and then it made a shit ton of money, and they were, oh, yeah, we talked with brilliant. That was That was my idea. <laughs> Knew it and- all the
1: time.
0: Had they not seen Reanimator or Return of the Living Dead? That was
3: my thing. Like, horror comedies were not exactly, and it wasn't like nobody had done it before.
2: But yeah. you got to remember, those were kind of the outliers. Most horror comedies and Cecil's About to Hit Me would be garbage like Saturday the 14th. Saturday and
3: the 14th, part two. Uh, no, sorry, Saturday the 14th. Saturday the 14th, Saturday strikes, the 14th back. strikes Back was actually better.
2: Oh my! See what I mean? Well,
3: what it, I had mean to be, he it has no taste. I have <laughs> exquisite taste. Or,
2: or something like repossessed. Repossessed They're... is goddamn hilarious. Oh my god! It is
1: not.
3: It
2: is you... pretty funny. You I saw that in the theater, old,
1: Cecil.
3: Grump. Oh yes, I would have loved to have seen it in the theater. Oh my god! I
1: did. I actually saw it because I was so into the Naked Gun series and the airplane at the time. I think it came out in, what, 1990? 90. Yeah, uh, I think so. Young, young and-
3: lady,
2: please lower your blouse.
1: <laughs> up! Pull it up!
2: <laughs> <laughs> All I remember. That was Melissa Moore, wasn't it? That was Melissa Moore. Okay, I've always had a thing because she was always a little on the chubby side, and I like chubby girls. So, I, oh, I, I, she's, I, I, thanks for that. She's, she's a stick. What are you talking about? In in that? Like, <laughs> well, like, it, 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 now she's a little chubby. Uh, like like right. Samurai Cop, she's got a little chub on her.
3: Well, now well now, now she's like fifty. So,
2: I'm <laughs> <talking> like Samurai <laughs> Cop, that was nineties.
3: I don't but. remember her being. I because she came off of uh, Angel. Uh, angel fist and did samurai cop but she was
2: like pretty fit in angel fist so angel I, Fist that sounds like sounds like a new sex technique that david carradine would have tried it really i'm sorry but that, that joke got caught in my throat that was hey the yo.
3: uh <laughs> that was the uh, the cat sassoon like pilot vehicle where uh, she was going to be uh, an action star. Uh, there was a Serio. Actually, I think Serio did it. Um, Do you remember
2: the sure. Anna Nicole Smith helicopter action movie? Oh was, well, no, uh, she yeah. had two. She had two action movies. She yeah, had To The one, limit she the helicopter pilot. Well, she had to The limit, and then she had. Oh, what was uh, I can't remember. She is so bad because okay, Paul Thomas Anderson is a great director. And he was dating Fiona Apple at the period we're about to talk about. She was the musical guest on Saturday night live. And so he directed one of the pre-taped segments just as a favor because skyscraper that's it skyscraper. Yes. And they, they have a parody of Anna Nicole Smith. And I had not seen skyscraper yet at this point. And I was like, okay, they're really taking this too far with how bad the actress is playing this on Saturday Night Live. Then I saw Skyscraper and went, no, no, they're not. (laughs) Oh, my God, she's so much worse than the actual film. Okay,
3: Scott, I'm not – I don't remember which – I don't remember if it was Skyscraper or To the Limit. They both were were terribly bad. I did laugh uh, in Skyscraper because she's flying this helicopter with these gigantic Lee press on nails. But I just remember uh, it was, like I said, it was either To the Limit or Skyscraper, her two action films. But throughout twice in the movie, there are terrorists that are trying to kill people and she's there to fight them off. She stops to take a bath <laughs> and then you do and then she you goes do. back to fighting them and then about a half hour before the big finale she takes a shower and so, <laughs> i was like this this movie they they get the audience that is going to
2: be uh, look if you're gonna stick, you you want to see you know what jug- shocks me about that cecil that andy sedaris's name wasn't on it that's what I was thinking. It's like, is this No, You know what? Joint?
3: It was no, Andy Sedaris makes there would have cla- been six shower scenes in an Andy Sedaris. Exactly. Sidaris movie. Andy Sidaris makes classy
2: titty movies. <laughs> you know what's really funny that a lot of people forget about Andy Sedaris? He's a multiple Emmy winning director. Oh, yeah. So the garbage he put out because he used to, while he's putting out like Malibu Express and a hard ticket to Hawaii. He's working for, I can't remember which station, like ABC Sports or NBC Sports. And he's an Emmy-winning sports filmmaker. Yeah, he actually... He's making this
3: trash. Well, no, I thought he retired from that because he made, he already got all the prestige he wanted. and And he was making more money doing the doing the Andy Sidaris, uh you know Malibu Express movies and well, he got know, to see more
0: it. he got to see more titties that way too. He got to, yeah
3: he got to see more t- well the thing was him and his wife worked on the films and in one of the commentaries it was hilarious because all the his wife was talking and they were like oh uh, well uh you know well how do you how do you feel about you know the women being exploited in these movies and his wife was awesome she's like Do you not see all the shirtless men and showing their ass and everything? It's like, we exploit men
2: and women. It's like, but how come you only have a problem with the women? Well, I mean, like, how many people, uh, not here with the four of us, but listening, realize that you're going to probably have to think about what it is, but that John Carpenter is an Oscar-winning director. Do any of you know what he won an Oscar for? Uh, No, it's not soundtrack. Elvis. Directing. Nope. What was it? I didn't hear. You know, oh. The Adventures of Bronco Billy. Uh, best short subject when he was at UCLA. His, oh, his student wow. film. He, he's a deep cut. But, but people forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Carpenter is an Oscar-winning director. Just not for any of the movies you think of when it comes to John Carpenter.
0: He should have like, won. He should have won an Oscar for the thing. Well, the thing
2: was, well, I tell everyone, hated the thing, thing. everyone well, hated the thing
0: in
3: '82. Everyone hated the thing in '82.
1: It, it was, it like, I mean, it didn't, like, it, E. T. Bro- screwed everybody's yeah. brains so and nobody I, wanted yeah, to see wonder, gross. I wonder what
2: would have happened yeah. if that had come out before E. T. If it would have been just as hated if it had come out six months came out
1: like '79 e. in the same year Alien.
3: It got nominated as a for a Razzie for worst score. It's so
1: ridiculous. Well,
2: the, the only thing I'll give them on that is because the score is almost non-existent because it only comes in at very small parts. So I think maybe that's what they're like. Well, the score is barely here. No, wow. they they just they, in their thing. It was oh, it's just dun dun
3: dun dun, and it's like no, you idiots. It's
0: it's a perfect score for that movie.
2: But, it but really in, is in a strange way. That is one part the score where I actually welcome the studio interference. Because Ennio Morricone made a score for the entire film and Universal cut most of it out. And having heard it, while it's all great music, obviously it's Morricone, I like the film better without it. That's one of the few times where it's like, yeah, them removing the score actually helps the
1: film. Well, did they use that score in the Hateful Eight?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, not the whole thing, but yeah, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a dog shit movie, I should add.
0: <laughs> but then
3: Quentin the Tarantino
2: way. using someone else's work? No. Huh.
3: Well, I mean, he at least said he did, and then the, most of the time he just does and Doesn't say. it.
0: It's not the point. Reservoir oh. Reservoir Dogs would have been one of my movies. I hate that everybody else loves. By the way,
2: boo! I, 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 I love know Reservoir I know. Dogs. I, and I fully—I mean, Cecil knows I've gone off on how much of it rips off City on Fire, but it's better than City on Fire. It actually improves just about everything in City on Fire that was good. Dogs makes better.
1: Hmm. I—I would—I would—I like it better than Pulp Fiction, and I don't dislike Pulp Fiction, but I—it's just—it seems like Pulp Fiction is the one that made Tarantino Tarantino, and I was like, I think he's made better stuff. Well, and a lot of people forget he didn't write that he co-wrote that
2: yeah there's a, there lot, a lot of Roger Roger Avery in that where you only ever hear Tarantino talked about with Pulp Fiction and it's like Roger Avery get any love here no okay so I, uh,
3: I I I know I'm gonna be the the outlier here but um uh for Tarantino films my personal favorite is uh Kill Bill volume one Uh,
0: That's my favorite of his too. Yeah,
2: Jackie Brown, easy. Jackie Brown is without a doubt not just a great move, not just a great Tarantino movie. It's a freaking great movie. I love Jackie Brown. Elmore Leonard movie. (laughs) Well, technically, yeah, but he changes a lot from Rum Punch. Oh, I I know, I know. I'm just teasing. So it is, and it's not. But then again, uh,
3: the character it's better than. it's better than uh, uh, what was the Travolta one? Get Shorty. Uh,
0: get Shorty. Yeah. I didn't like that I one. I never. I never
3: liked Get Shorty. Well, me now,
2: okay. I I literally don't know if the three of you are going to crucify me for this or not. I recently watched a movie I, I never loved from the '80s, but I didn't dislike. My girlfriend made me watch Valley Girl. Now, oh yeah, I've seen it. I have not. Now I'm talking the original, obviously the Nick Cage, right. with Deborah Foreman and all that. I have not seen this since the late 80s. So we're going on 30 years, 30 plus years. I despised this film. I despised it. I couldn't believe how bad Valley Girl was. And everybody I talk to, both in my personal life and at school, thinks I have no taste at all for not loving this movie. What am I missing in
0: Valley Girl? I don't know. I'm indifferent to it. I don't hate it or i don't have any strong feelings about it one way or the other so no maybe I, I
1: mean i don't think it's a classic or anything no. there's way more 80s movies of that genre i would pick over it but i don't think it was the worst thing but it's not something i really want go to revisit either so i don't i don't if they're telling you it's amazing i don't get that either what Cecil, so you're gonna about-
2: eviscerate me or not
3: well no, we just talked dude, are you are you senile? We just talked about this like a week ago. <laughs> I can't remember. We talked about so much waiting for Peter to show up. We did. We talked for like 2 hours waiting for Peter. Um no no, I like I I think it's like eh. like I don't I don't know if like I don't know. I don't I don't love it, I don't hate it. I just think it's like okay, but I haven't it's seen it. It's there. I haven't seen yeah. it in a very long time. I wouldn't mind <coughs> revisiting it. I don't have anything really averse to it, but I just, I don't really, you know, it's
2: just, it's one of those meh movies. You know? I'm surprised when they did the remake that they didn't make like both characters gay or something. I like, didn't know like, they did a are- I didn't know they well, did a remake. Yeah, oh. they did a remake a couple. Of, I saw the trailer for it, and I went,
1: "Wow!" Well,
3: well, it was the girl uh, who was in the remake of Footloose, I believe. They made they remade Footloose. Yeah, they remade Footloose. It's oh my god, was that bad? Like it was it all like it basically uh, Footloose meets Glee. So, like in the original, they kind of, you know, they had to go out of town to dance. Whereas here, they went to the drive in and suddenly all these repressed people all get out of their cars and they're all like amazing dancers. Dude, it, that movie blew so bad. No, no, I, I, I don't, don't even know. Drive-in. I mean,
1: Footloose meets Glee. If you only, the only ingredient you have was like rice cakes, I mean, it's just it was <laughs> dull and terrible.
2: Well, the original yeah. Footloose is pretty bad, but. Boo.
3: i will not have you besmirching angry farm
2: dancing what if when they all go to the drive-in brian trenchard smith's dead-end drive-in starts breaking out now Now see i I want i want that kind of crossover i got to to speak i got i got to interview him for the excess dvd for dead-end drive-in and he's shocked that people still like that movie and it's like come on because dead-end drive-in's great man I
0: got Brian to do an interview with Yoda about two years ago, and Yoda did not ask him about...
2: uh, Dead End driving. He didn't ask him about...
0: He didn't ask him about BMX fans. He didn't ask him about uh, Siege of Firebase Gloria. He didn't ask him about Turkey Shoot. I, I don't even know what the point was actually. Oh, Mega Code like, 2 Meghetto? None. He didn't ask him about Manchester
1: Tokyo. I had done, I had I had found a movie of his that I hadn't seen forever called uh Frog Dreaming. Yeah. And I remember seeing it when I was a kid and it was like it had gone so far out of my mind. And then I'm watching this going, oh, my God, I know I've seen this movie. And I went through that whole movie. So I made a whole overlooked on it. And then I centered in on that movie because the movie was fantastic. He had like 8 year olds smoking and <laughs> reading porn and all kinds of stuff going on. In that movie. But it's a, it's a lovely little kids movie. But it's done in a way that feels, you know, it didn't have any of those supernatural elements in it. Well, it and- was the 80s kids movie. It was an 80s kids movie, and it was just it was really a lot of fun talking to him about how he couldn't make that kind of movie anymore and how much you know fun it was just to let the kids be kids as they were in the eighties and and I was shocked at how good that you know you, you you talk about revisiting these movies from the 80s you go oh this goes here's a, here's a basically a kids movie that I thought was not going to be you know very good. It turned out to be this, like, little undiscovered gem. And so, yeah, that's what I ended up talking to him about, because it was the thing was, foremost in my mind.
0: I, I, I was there to correct him and make sure that things <laughs> were... We, we could have been talking about Siege of Firebase Gloria. Well, see, I... I
1: Everybody what? asks about that. Nobody asks about Frog Dreaming. <laughs> he enjoyed it. when what the things, If you don't believe me, watch the video.
2: One <laughs> of the things I love about interviewing some of these older directors who don't do a whole lot of work anymore and all that is like when I did the commentary track on hell comes to frog town for Access with the real director of hell comes to frog town. So much information came out that I I get so pissed off when I see all of this misinformation. I mean, you don't know how many people have made hell comes to frog town review videos on YouTube that only talk about Donald G. Jackson. You know, the guy that was fired after three days when R.J. Kaiser actually shot the entire rest of the movie, did the editing and the music. But no, no, it's Donald G. Jackson's Hell Comes to Frogtown. That kind of shit pisses me off. That, that's the kind of stuff that Cecil excels in. He researches this stuff and... Besides the Robert Ginty thing that I'll never forgive him for, well, again, that was that was like
3: ten years
2: ago. I wasn't. I know.
3: I, know. I wasn't doing this full time. I make. I I still I make minor mistakes. <laughs> people, don't,
2: people don't forget these. No, Arthur. No, no, Arthur C. Clark makes minor mistakes. Oh,
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I know you've been right. So do a special part. edition
1: of that video. and then You can fix everything.
3: I, I'm going to at some point. But but yeah, I I mean, not to not to toot my own horn. And I, I appreciate the kind words because I really do go like to 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 sometimes insanely out of my way to get the story like like with the Free Jack episode. Like I really feel like uh, the people that watched that, it vindicated Jeff Murphy because well, I, I, I it was like the
2: one I no, saw that in the but, theater. If you I, can I, believe that? No, I, believe I, I, I think I the did one too. Cecil, Cecil, the one, the one where I think you went above and beyond, and and I know you did because you used me for it. Was <laughs> was your Doctor Mordred video where mm. oh, you asked yeah. me to talk to see Courtney Joyner? About whether it was really ever meant to be Doctor Strange or not, you're the only fucking person on the goddamn internet, Cecil, that actually knows the truth and put it out there. Right. I still see Doctor Morgan was originally supposed to be Doctor Strange. No, it wasn't. See, Courtney Joyner straight up told us that uh, it. Yes, and it's
3: like well, I get a lot of oh, the, my. I still have it pinned at my uh my on my my Twitter. Where somebody made a comment on my "Nothing But Trouble" video and was like, "Oh, you went to Wikipedia and you just you know know, no," I was like, "No, you look at all those based on your video." Exactly, it's like all those citations—they're for my video. I talked to the people involved in the fucking production. All those pictures that you've never seen before came from their personal collection. Like they wanted to get the story
2: out there. But unfortunately, and- when it comes to the YouTube sphere and, you know, the movie reviews and that accuracy is not necessary. Yeah. And that's and like I saw one where basic math trumped what they were saying. I don't remember what the channel was because this was years ago, but I bitched about it on Facebook. Of course I did. And where, <laughs> uh, no. Where it, uh, they, they were talking about the rinse dream film Cafe Flesh. And they were talking about how, oh, it's just a Mad Max ripoff, rips off the the road warrior, blah, blah. It's such a road warrior Blade Runner ripoff. Uh... Like, uh, you guys know those movies came out two years after Café Flesh, right? You guys know that it's the other way around? Or or like, and I know...
1: You know, they put the years right there on the IMDb of when the movies come out. Right. I don't know if you knew that.
2: Or or, or like one that uh, Cecil's railed me many times on this one. But like Red Letter Media, when they were... I I think it was like a Best of the Worst or something. They had the, the Faust movie from like 2001 or whatever year it was. And they kept calling it a Spawn ripoff. This is such a ripoff of Spawn. It's a ripoff of Spawn. Uh, guys, you know, the comic came out in 1984, and Todd McFarlane lists it as one of his inspirations for Spawn, right? It's with like those guys, no math exists, right?
3: The, the thing is, with those guys, you never know. They might have actually been doing that, like, as it might a have joke. been a bit. It might have been a bit like I, yeah, I. So with them, it might. It, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I haven't seen. I, I don't know. Like, but yeah, but with I them it those, their, well, it could have been a bit. You know,
1: I, I, watch those guys religiously, and they'll just start saying something, and it's clear that they're just aping off the comic comments that they're getting just to just to it, it just, roll their eyes. It's it, funny. It, it
2: bothers me when I see all this inaccurate information or stuff that is easily. Like uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd did this back in the day, but I've seen this so many times. It's not just him where people talk about the Ghostbusters movie and they talk about the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, P-U-F-F. They'll even have a super or something, P-U-F-F. T. Oh, in the movie, it's P-U-F-T. It's shown on his hat. It's shown on the logo. You just don't care at all to, you know, it's not puff. It's puffed. Well, that I
3: think I think easy. that's I think that's being extra nitpicky. <laughs> no, because some would argue of not autistic. doing no, job. these
0: are things that are important. <laughs> it's all important. God damn it! Uh, Am I the I, one that's out of touch? No, it's the kids. That I know. Know.
1: <laughs> but Look, I jo- I Josh, I'm not going to get on you on this. I did a 35 minute rant on the 2016 Ghostbusters, so I got I got nothing
2: here. We well we went off on that back when it was relevant it's not relevant yeah none of those women are anymore but it's just it's and i'm using the word journalist in the loosest sense you know film journalists movie journalists because you see this in print all the time like i saw one actually printed in a magazine in the mid-2010s where they were talking about the quarter mass movies you mean Mm. the quater mass movies not the quarter mass movies i i when
3: i was younger i thought then now granted this is when i was young and stupid instead of old and stupid but uh when i was young and stupid i thought it was quarter mass so
0: did i i'll, I'll face up to that too Yeah,
2: you know, it, it even goes to I, I i checked out a book uh from the library years and years ago and It was a book on, like, how, you know, the the, the porno-chic era of of adult films. And they kept talking, in the very first chapter, they're talking about how, in the movie Hardcore from 1979... I love that movie. I did a review of that not too long ago. but, But, listen, my point is... They kept talking about Rod Steiger and his performance and his nuanced performance and Rod Steiger. And I started thinking, wait a minute, I don't remember Rod. Maybe he was like a bit character or something. And then I realized they mean George C. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> they, mean, they, they say Rod Steiger like 16 times in this chapter. I, and I'm I like, always I'm like to... wait a minute, Rod Steiger's not in this movie. i always They're referring to George C. Scott.
0: You know, I like to think of hardcore as sort of a, a semi-prequel to uh, Taxi Driver as uh, Iris. That's Iris. That's Iris's dad.
2: Uh, you Well, know, oh, that came out after Taxi Driver. I God. know. But okay. I, okay I, fucker, shut up.
1: <laughs> See, you but, ought to do a cut. You do. You ought to edit a cut of that guy's review. And every time he says Rod Steiger, you just cut to George C. Scott, the theater. Goes,
0: ah! <laughs> <laughs> Make it stop, stop
3: it.
2: Throw in big dick black for just you know <laughs> for no reason. But but my point is, this isn't a printed book put out by a major publisher, and this was in like 2012, 2013, something like that. And it's like you guys couldn't Google this, huh? You couldn't more... actually go to IMDB and see that Rod Steiger is not in this fucking film. I'm more more
0: fascinated that you went to a library
2: in 2012 and (laughs) get a book. Well, I mean, like, no, no, this next thing might be maybe something happened we don't know about. This is not necessarily disinformation. But do you guys remember before Joe Bob Briggs hosted Drive-In Theater, it was hosted by a woman named Michelle Russell? Vaguely. Do you remember that at all season, the Michelle Russell Drive-In Theater, before they brought Joe Bob in?
1: No. I knew Joe Bob, but I never, I didn't know yet.
2: Well, uh, in in her final episode, when she's handing the show off to Joe Bob, they have an interview and whatnot. And she mentions she's about to head to Thailand to shoot a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And given the year Thailand and Jean-Claude, that could only be Bloodsport.
1: Bloodsport. She's not
2: in Bloodsport anywhere. So it's like, wait a minute. She said she was leaving next week what happened, there's only one female character in the whole movie, and it's not Michelle Russell. Uh,
0: she got a sex change operation in Thailand, bro, and become a dude. That's why you don't recognize her in the movie, or obviously. Like,
2: maybe uh, it got cut. Or maybe or that. Claude or like, uh, um, I was just watching an old Max Talking Headroom show, and his guest was Jerry Hall. You know, the the model that married uh, um, uh, Mick Jagger and stuff like that. Right, And yeah. Uh she mentioned not in a in a pre, in a present tense, but in a past tense, she just shot a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy, where aliens land in her swimming pool. Oh, I remember I that went, movie. Wait a minute. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't is remember. Gina her. Davis
1: <laughs> Gina Davis is in yeah. that one. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I, I'm, like, Julie, I'm
2: like Julie
1: Julie Brown like, and Yeah, Jerry yeah. Hall's
2: not in that film. Not Jerry Hall, no. So it's like, wait, she said she just got done shooting it. And she's an awful actress that's why she was mainly a model I, I i'm wondering if they shot that movie with her and then went oh my fucking god she's so terrible we <laughs> yeah, gotta probably. replace we yeah. gotta replace jerry hall because <clears throat> it's just weird when you see this kind of stuff like i just shot this movie you're not in that movie or you see an interview oh my next movie is gonna be this uh, that movie came out, and you're sure as fuck not in it. Wait a minute, what sure, happened
0: when she said she was shooting? At, maybe she was the cinematog- cinematographer. Yes, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe. Uh, did you ever see the Back to the Future footage with Eric Stoltz? Yeah, he's oh, so weird. It's Eric so weird. Is a good actor. No so yeah. weird. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a good actor. But they made the right decision. He was He's not the to right cast. He was not the right guy for the part. And I mean, they cost them a lot of money, but they made the right decision. Well, uh, I mean, so, well looking, like going back to going back to Free Jack, they shot, uh, I think, two weeks. Yeah, with Linda Fiorentino. With yeah, Linda Fiorentino and then uh, they wanted, her, you know, the, the producer wanted her out and then uh, they brought in uh, Rene Russo and reshot all so there exists you know a decent amount of footage with with her in it and
2: well i I would love to have seen that the one i'd like to see is aliens with james ramar they shot for like two weeks with him as hicks before now we know he had drug problems which probably played into this when cameron said on the on the box set he and uh uh, Sigourney had no fucking chemistry on screen, oh, and wow. that's when he realized I gotta recast Hicks. Like, man, and, and we all know James Ramar is a good actor and a charismatic actor. Maybe yeah. the fact that he was hooked on heroin at the time, maybe that played into it. <laughs> maybe maybe but, that had a little. Might, uh, it, think, might have had a little bit to do. With a little something. But, but my point is, I would love to see that footage just so we could see what James Ramirez Hicks would have been like, and and, cause like sometimes you hear about these and you can actually judge for yourself. Like I, I like what's her face as Pris in blade runner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Daryl Hannah, Daryl Hannah. I was shocked on the, the blu-ray set and the DVDs and that they have the screen test for Stacy Nelkin from Halloween three as Pris. And I'm just going off, and they also have, you know, Daryl Hannah's screen test. Stacy Nelkin's screen test was so much better. I, <coughs> I cannot understand. I would really love to have seen Stacy Nelkin in that part. And we can actually say we've seen the contrast because Daryl Hannah was her screen test on there. And I get it. It's just a screen test. She wasn't very good. So I thought Stacy Nelkin was fantastic in her, like, three-minute screen test.
1: Oh, it's so, like that other kid that played, that would have, uh, instead of Jake Lloyd as Anakin, it was like night and day better. And they picked Jake Lloyd, who was by far worse. And you're a Trek guy, Josh, or at least you talked about earlier. Know, Did you ever right. see Genevieve Boujol? Bourge- oh, I forget how to pronounce so...
2: it. Oh, she's so, okay, part of it is. For Voyager. Yeah, you can tell she does not fucking want to be there <laughs> that you can tell this is something her agent talked her into like you be on Star Trek you'll never have to work again you can live on the con. you can tell in that footage she does not want to be on that set
1: dry toast doesn't even begin to cover it it's
2: just you the see, night two, day four, right? difference what's that I, I asked Cecil you've seen the G- Genevieve Boyd Captain Janeway right no Oh, it's. I've really only slow. seen.
3: I've only actually seen stills. I never saw footage. Oh, the there's footage, footage out there. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, my it's, god, it's awful. I got. It. I got one for you. This was not. They didn't shoot any footage, but um, for for Anakin, for uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it was down between Hayden Christensen and I just found this out like last week, Greg Sistero from the room
2: well would that
3: hard. have sent his career in a
2: different direction <laughs> well like uh, you know to go back to star trek martin landau was originally offered the part of spock holy I,
1: shit
3: i can see but martin landau that. has that i think he would have been
2: good
1: yeah I think he'd so, have been too. all right like I, I, I mean, in 1999 he kind of yeah. looked like an alien already anyway the,
2: uh yeah the, the studio wanted for the two priests and the exorcist they wanted jeff bridges and marlon brando
0: oh god to play that the priests in, oh in, my in god that, <laughs> that would have been a that, that, that,
2: was been their, that was their choices was marlon brando and jeff bridges the dude, the boss.
1: I was thinking the same thing. Well, I, I mean, ja- yeah, it's like we got a you know the thing here with the with the you know the, the come on, capable new, of finishing the a sentence inf- in that movie. Some new information, information has come right, to light.
2: Since I <laughs> talked about this in our Jaws retrospective episode, Charlton Heston was originally cast as Brody. That would have worked, though I think. It would have been uh, too different. It would have been too different because
1: yeah, he, he wouldn't have allowed presence. the
2: vulnerability or the That's weaknesses yeah, of Roy. You're, you're right. You're right. And at that point, Roy Scheider had been cast as Quint, which mm. I, I don't know how. Uh. I mean, Robert Shaw is dead on perfect, but Roy Scheider is a fantastic actor. I just I don't know. Maybe I just can't see him as Quint. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, he's, it's he's so, got too much of that yeah.
1: everyman thing going on, which he does great. And, and and for Hooper, it was
2: down between they wanted Jeff Bridges or Jan Michael Vincent for the part. Oh, God. Well, because in the book, Hooper is not as much of a nerd and he's more of a ladies man kind of guy. So yeah. if you're going through hey, the book version, Brody's no, those two fit. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but I'm just saying, if you go through the book version, Jan Michael Vincent and Jeff Bridges fit that part better than, than uh, Richard uh
0: that movie, everything about that movie now is so iconic. It's hard to imagine anything else, you know, different about it at all.
2: Yeah. Well, I have a theory because they originally, I'm, I'm sure Cecil does know this. On Star Trek: The Next Generation, he was just coming off Miami Vice. They wanted Edward James almost for Picard, and he yeah. turned it down because he didn't want to do another sci-fi film project. I think that's why he did Battlestar Galactica in twenty in two thousand three he was like shit I already blew one of these, I ain't blowing another one. Yeah. <laughs> I I could see that coming, yeah, because although in, in hindsight
3: it Patrick Stewart was just fucking perfect. I mean, yeah,
2: it ended up being the perfect person for the role. But on the yeah. same talking- token and, and and he has this actor has confirmed, yes, he was next in line if Jonathan Frakes said no to Riker, the next in line was Jeffrey Combs. Oh. yeah. Which
3: like, that, that's I just
2: He was in I so much Star Jeffrey. Trek after. That's I know he was, in, I, he gonna, was like, an 18 different Star Trek character, but yeah. I can't see him as Riker is my point. No,
3: I you love know? him. And I, I almost would have, I
2: uh, like, I would have, I would have, uh, but not Riker.
3: Yeah, I I see. I, I don't like he's so good. And I mean, we also we have so much time w- that we've spent with the different characters over the, you know, that and and, uh, and Deep Space Nine that I mean, Jeffrey Combs has been there throughout. I, I seriously think he was in, like 18 episodes or something is different characters each time. And he's always awesome. But I do think it would have been really great. If he like, I could have seen him. He would have been a fantastic Doctor Bashir in Voyager. Deep Space Nine. Was it? Or no? no I'm sorry. sorry. Bashir was the, is a
1: Deep Space Nine.
3: Who was the? Uh, who was the? Oh,
1: you're oh right, about oh, right. Picardo, no, Robert Picardo, the Doctor.
3: No, I'm. Um, I'm. No, I'm. I'm. I'm totally mixing up things in my head. I was right, Doctor. Yeah, in Deep Space Nine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, because Robert Picardo was fucking awesome in Voyager. But
2: like, it even goes to originally. Troy and Tasha. Each one of those actresses had the other part. Yep. Denise Crosby was cast as Troy, and Marina Sirtis was cast as Tasha. And after getting on set, they realized, "Now nah, let's swap these characters out."
3: Yeah, t- like d- d- uh, freaking um, what's her name, Diana Troy? Uh, like that. Uh, what's what? She, uh, what's her name again? Marina, Marina Sirtis. Seaters. Marina Marina Sirtis. How. How at all would she be tough? Like like I know. Denise, Denise Crosby was completely believable as like tough.
2: But, but, but uh, on the other hand, we all love Avery Brooks as Cisco, and he's fucking pitch perfect. But that role was originally written for and offered to James Earl Jones. And we all know James Earl Jones is fucking amazing as an actor. I just can't see him as Cisco. No, I especially but Cisco Really happened
3: when he when he went for the when he went back when he became to, hawk when he became hawk when he became hawk, hawk because that was the thing in the beginning he had hair and I'm like I don't he, he didn't want to do that and then yeah, he he made him, head, did, and they made like,
2: him do it to differentiate himself from hawk
3: yeah. yes but then he then he did I'm like oh good it's hawk. oh hawk is the captain oh right well, now now I can totally buy this show
1: like, well you know what's crazy about the like star trek the first season is ass for the most part but they got the characters down and the actors for them down pitch perfect from the get-go and i look at these shows that came out back then like deep space even voyager to a certain extent and then you look at these new shows that they put out and Ugh. the casting is so bland i can't i can't even conjure up their faces there's they're they're, they're I don't know if the actors are just that terrible or if they just are... Uh, you I know, think when
2: if, it comes to... I can't remember her name, but the chick that plays Michael Burnham because she was also on The Walking Dead and she was a fucking block of wood on that as well. I think she just can't act because I don't half of them Her act. in is she's just a giant block of charisma vacuum.
1: A- Anson, Anson Mount is the only one that has any sort of memorable... And everybody else is in New Worlds is is either bland or downright annoying.
2: But uh, I'm going to throw out a piece of Star Trek that I hope you guys do know. Do you guys know that Star Trek: The Next Generation had an official crossover with Webster?
1: Yes, I do. Worf. Yeah, and
2: and Michael uh, was
1: Worf in it, and it's Webster's series
2: finale. He crosses over with Star Trek: The Next Generation because cocaine was a hell of a drug in the '80s. Cecil, I'm so happy to (laughs) know that it's certainly the
1: Webster Star Trek universe is all connected i'm so happy to know that and actually if you really want to do if you really want to blow your mind look up the whole saint elsewhere yeah universe. The, the retarded kids a little oh classical. yeah that, yeah i'm well, pretty we, sure we, every show is in it everything well, do you guys didn't we do,
2: didn't we do an episode yeah, on that we did that back uh brad was still on the show at that point yeah. oh shit uh but do you guys know that canonically knight rider is the past of star trek I did not know that. Uh, Remember the the classic Trek episode with Nomad, where they find that satellite and it's got the AI intelligence? Well, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what year they claimed Nomad was invented. Well, in Team Knight Rider in an episode, the same scientist named in the Star Trek episode builds the Nomad satellite and launches it into space. Both the Team Night Rider and Star Trek episode are written by the same guy. Both are owned by Paramount, so therefore canonically, Night Rider is the past of Star Trek. I'll tell you something that I did not know. <laughs> That's
1: some
0: uh, nerd shit right there. That is
1: that is well done, sir.
0: Here, here's one that I did not know until it was 20, on uh, Instagram. A friend I was talking about critters too, and you know the the hungry heifer see so you know what i'm talking about here yeah yeah at the hungry heifer i did not know that i was talking about that and my friend said oh yeah i love cheers and i said this is critters too what are you talking about and he said that that was the favorite restaurant of uh, the the norm norm in that and that was the
2: same jingle and i said shit man i didn't know that did you know that saint elsewhere and cheers had an actual crossover yeah, with
1: Wings and Friends and God knows how many others.
2: Well, no, I mean like a real crossover where one led right into the other because they yeah. aired on the same night. So when the St. Elsewhere episode, uh, the, at the end of the St. Elsewhere episode, the characters go to a bar in Boston and they go to Cheers and Norm and Cliff and uh, uh, Rhea Perlman. Uh, her name fell out of my head for a moment. Um, Carla they all go and they interact with them. And at the Cheers episode that aired directly after it, all the characters are having a final fight with Carla, pay their bills, and the same Elsewhere characters leave.
1: Hmm. Say they talk like Marvel's been doing that. They've been doing this shit for decades.
2: Exactly. Charles Band has been doing the whole Interconnected Universe post credit scene for decades. Does he get any credit? Of course not. mm -hmm. But all right, we need to wrap up because I really, really have to go pee really bad. So
0: are we going? So we're uh, are we going to continue this in a month, fellas? Is everybody still down to maybe Peter gets with us the next time? You guys want to meet back in, a, in roughly a month and do it again? I Thought you guys disavowed me. We were just joking about that.
1: Well, Wait, I I've, dis-
3: <laughs> I've disavowed you for fucking ever <laughs> for ten freaking years at least. I know, really. That's how I we still remember. People. I still remember I was I was at PAX. Yeah, I remember (laughs) this. I had gotten I had gotten a message from like Brad that you were going to ask me to to like uh, to, to be a guest on on the show. To go to and you were all—you were like such an asshole. You're like, oh I'm well, he's an asshole. Maybe if it turns out, we'll have
2: you back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Come on, what do you expect now that you know me? It I know. No, it's exactly—it's
3: exactly what I expect of you at all times.
2: But I, I do want to pimp one thing. So Cecil again. and I just—I don't know the release date yet because we literally just turned it in. We just did a commentary track for Excess Entertainment uh new world pictures 1985 film the annihilators and cecil i haven't told you this yet but danilo my contact over there absolutely loved it oh great he said he laughed quite hard at some of the weird okay if you've never heard a commentary that cecil and i do we take it seriously and give a lot of background but we also goof on shit that needs to be goofed on too I'm, I'm glad good. That
3: they. I'm glad they enjoyed it because, I mean, I never you know, I never know how it's how it turns out or whatnot. I will. One thing that's cool with me, um, my episode uh, for Maniac Cop, I got contacted by a company that is uh, distributing it in, in Germany. Apparently, I'm huge in Germany uh and they oh, uh, i know right uh, <laughs> me, me and german german scheisse videos as well so
0: um right up
3: there with
1: jerry lewis man it's the,
0: it's the he's doing the commentary on the german translation of hung wankenstein right and
1: and uh, <laughs> whenever so like i again, look up the most extreme uh, who is <gasps> foreign, they're
2: always saying nine nine nine
3: <laughs> what was oh and david hasselhoff he's the other one yeah. Uh, hey, so so they had so the video that i had on youtube was like 720p and i was like well, look let me let me do a, a re you know a remaster and i'll give you you know a much better quality one so i upped it to 1080 and uh you know i sent it and they were like oh thanks this is awesome and and uh you know so i was like that's cool i've actually um i did that um and then what well, we did light blast and i did um
2: uh oh oh um beast with a gun we did the the beast with a gun i've I've
0: got that one actually i got that one after you guys and
3: american cyborg steel warrior they took my my they they stole that one from you they stole that one from me i laughed i thought it was funny i'm like dudes if you would have contacted me i would have sent you like a bet because they ripped it from youtube i'm like i I, I, you a better quality
2: i I will say that was not excess that did that No, it wasn't access. The company we work for, there, access entertainment, X C E S S. They're good on that. They don't steal from people.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. They're really cool. Um, I just wanted. They've been great. Yeah, no. This other company, they only I I found out because one of my fan, either you or one of my fans was like, "Hey, did you do this?" And I'm like, "No," but that's hilarious. (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, excess is great. I'm glad they liked it because you know I i don't know how it turned out i i had ho- i always hope that it turns out well but when you're doing live stuff like that it's always fucking you know fly the, the, by the cedar the, the pants fun,
2: the funny thing about us working for access though is have did you ever listen to our light blast one from the physical disc you were
3: sent i can't i just i, I can't i can't listen to, to myself in that okay capacity
2: I, get, okay. I guess I, I'm like, oh God, you suck. Oh God. Well, you, you, you you suck even more, and so oh, do I'm sure I, because <laughs> those are in PAL, so they have that. High, remember, PAL audio is higher. Oh no! So because they're that we, we we get sped up a little bit, and we get pitched up, so we sound a little bit higher than we do when you and i are talking right now so when you hear the oh, pal versions we sound worse no. <laughs> you forgot about pal speed up didn't you should we should we
3: record our future ones like watching the pal video <laughs> or, or, like or, or the PAL or, version? Or should, should i go in and add a little bit more uh bass to our voice or, or, or drop before it i send it off drop it down a little bit yeah oh god That's, now now i'm gonna have to go
2: listen to it and then wince i'll be like yeah because oh. I, I mean you and I sound kind of ridiculous with the PAL speed up, our voice, because maybe because we're used to hearing each other when we're editing and all that, that it's like, wow, do I sound like that?
1: <laughs> well, Josh, if we you have a link uh, or something so that I can attach it to this. And then as far as the audio of this, I mean I I've already got the podcast set up on our own podcast. I'll just number these out as new episodes called Radio Drome. No, no, Rit Rit re- have-
0: re- re- What did you want to call it, Josh? Rit re- Retrodome. Retro Dome. Retrodrome.
1: Retro No, no, okay. not Rit re-
0: not Retro. Re- tro-dome.
1: Retrodome. Retro you You're yeah, making our- this very difficult. Uh, it's he it's you know
0: not me. It's him Not me. It wasn't
1: my. <laughs> You, you send just, me however you would like me to set it up and I will do that. It'll just be mixed in with the other podcasts, but it'll be its own link. And if you have a picture or something, I'll do that. And you can hear it wherever podcasts are, because it should be on iTunes and everything. Just search for it. And find Cecil and
0: find Josh on his website, twelve oh one beyondcom dot com and Cecil here on YouTube, home of other retards like us.
2: Uh, <laughs> good bad flicks. Good bad yes, flicks. Good bad flicks on YouTube. I, I've often wondered about the word retard. So, if it's if re means to go back to, so how do you tard something? It Well, the retard will be going back to it. So, there has to be a tard that's just a singular. It's you. You're the tard. <laughs> but then, are you coming back as a retard?
0: You're thinking about it too much, man.
2: If the new Doctor Who has Down Syndrome, would he go into a retardus? disavow <laughs> we we've been yeah we've been we've for
3: been <laughs> two and a half hours and this, just this
2: conversation just got
1: retarded <laughs> <All> i <right, laughs> you know,
2: really do have to go pee so i'm 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 bugging out i gotta yeah. leave all, all right hope, hope everything you said you right. said
1: this stuff to uh to sean and i'll get uh, the links up here and for the rest of you this has been uh last movie outpost.com we're so happy to have you guys on here and I'm happy to make this a regular thing
3: adios. Very cool. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, man. I, I do appreciate it. It was fun. I didn't yeah. nobody, nobody kill yourself
2: jerking off.
0: Uh, I won't. Please, go ahead, see, so what was you saying
3: <laughs> no, before I was just this retard? I didn't for, for that fucking maroon
2: uh,
1: <laughs> oh he's yeah, gone Gibroni, that he is
3: guy is the son of no I'm kidding I love Josh we can, we can
0: shit talk you now he's gone it's okay he'll never
3: watch we're still this. live guys we're still live <laughs> oh shit oh, disavow disavow I,
0: uh, uh, no I'm just
3: saying thanks for having me I, oh. I, I have to go reg- actually have to record uh, I'm doing a video on the annihilators uh, because I figured why the hell not you know <laughs> I was yeah. like, I just watched this movie like three times in a week. I should probably do a video <laughs> on it and, and then plug that. I'm, I got the, the, uh, uh that- the comment, the commentary on the DV on the Blu-ray. So will that,
0: will that be coming out this Monday or is that, uh,
3: it, it most likely that'll be Monday's <laughs> video. I'm recording two back to back. I'm doing that in Virgin, Witch. uh, I wanted to, I figured I'd space out Virgin, Witch cause I've been putting out a little bit too much, uh, like sexy content and so I don't want people you know, I've got people are like, oh, this is turning into a softcore porn channel. Like, oh, Jesus.
0: Christ. You know, you know what? I want to make a request right now. Officially, I want to. This is like, a, like, you know, where you work, you file an official grievance. I want to file an official request for you. I okay. want I want a redo of space truckers. I've been waiting. Ah, and and, yeah. and and my and the uh, my boyfriend's back, the, the the rom-com zombie. Well, I did the- my boyfriend's back. You did, I know, but did you? I have not seen it though. Like it's gone from Blip TV or whatever. I've never. No, I did. I did it. Like
3: I, I redid it uh, four years ago. You sure about that?
0: I swear to God, unless I'm unless I got hit in the head. I think you got hit. I've never seen.
3: Oh, it. I totally did.
0: All right, all right. But uh, I Why can it be both? I
3: haven't done. Uh, Space truckers. Space truckers again because i'm kind of like i was i actually was uh after we did in search of darkness uh i was going to talk to stewart about uh space truckers and i was going to talk to him about uh the wonderful ice cream suit Mm. and he died and yeah so uh it was really rude like (laughs) it was it was just sad because he was so like he like when we interviewed him for uh, in search of darkness like you, you he was fine I mean for all intents you know for, for everything that it seemed like and and he just kind of shocked everyone that he passed and uh, so I was I had that kind of lined up and I'm like well I I, I, I could probably stitch together something for um, space truckers with uh, you know talking to other people about mm-hmm. it. But with um, a wonderful ice cream suit was such a little smaller, like, I don't know, it's, it would be a lot harder to kind
0: of do. And that's sad because I really wanted to do something on that. So are you telling me I'm not going to get Space Truckers remastered or whatnot? Well, is, is this a long way of telling me that I'm shit out of luck? No,
3: you'll probably get Space Truckers in, not this year because uh, this year, believe me, this year is fucking stacked uh, I'm working on a video right now that I don't even know how long it's going to be. Uh, it, it's it is it is a very long story. So mm. um, so yeah. But and that's that is an exploring video for a for a movie that is celebrating its 30th anniversary. Um, Hung Wankenstein. Hung Wankenstein, absolutely. <laughs> is the 30th is the 30th
0: anniversary of Hung Wankenstein. I can't wait to see that. Oh my god. <laughs> all right man see so I thanks gotta... for coming on man and and when you guys are ready to do another we'll we'll be
3: here yeah you will you know where i am so all right buddy thanks <laughs> later a lot. man take it easy guys thanks everyone thank you good night <laughs>